This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. And I am instituting an ice cream discussion, so if we get too upset, we can just say ice cream and then we'll just talk about ice cream. Oh, safe words. I like, no, sorry, I didn't mean to get so about safe words. Safe words. <laughs> Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the sixth episode of Game of Thrones, Season 5, Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the Podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review we have... Hi, this is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. This is Matt, Varley on the forums. This is Bing, Shoshine on the forums. Hi, this is Steven, SJ Lee on the forums. This is Adam, also known as Drowned Snow on the forums. This is Michal and Gazrain on the forums. And I am Paul, known as Pod the Plight. And there you have it. So yeah, we are here again to review the sixth episode of Game of Thrones, and what an episode it was. <laughs> you know, just the typical kind of thing that we kind of expect at least one time um, <laughs> in an episode of Game of Thrones throughout the season. An episode that makes everyone upset, which this one certainly did, but we'll get to that later. Let's start first. Well, I guess maybe we'll get to it here. With our lemon cake reviews of this episode, starting with you, Greg. Uh, yeah, my initial reaction was to give it a one, um, just because of the visceral reaction that I had to the end of the of the episode. And I ended up just going with two because there were some scenes that I quite enjoyed. The Tyrion and Jorah reminiscing about Lord Commander Mormont and the Queen of Thorns epic return. Um, but other than that, the, the Dorne stuff was just comical and it would have been unforgivable if Bronn wasn't there. Um, the Arya stuff was okay, but I, you know, I guess I just can't be impressed because nothing holds up to how it is in my head, you know, with the temple and and, and Volantis. But uh, it was what it was, and uh, just the whole, you know, what went down. Um, it's also low just because of spoiler potential, but I'm hoping that that really isn't the oh. case. That was more just combining her character with what happened to Jane in the book. So I'll right. go with two, which is my my lowest rating in the in the long storied history of Dragoncast. There you have it, and you, Matt. I'm gonna give it a four. Because I, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I did like the episode overall, and on the rewatch, like I think the first time I watched it, I was just psyched to see Dorn, so I didn't really pay attention to the horribleness of that scene, and more focus on the horribleness of the last scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think overall, like I really enjoyed the Jora Tyrion stuff. You know, we got the phrase "cock merchant," so. How can you give it less than that? That's very true. <laughs> that is very true. And you, Bing? <sighs> um, to be able to give a rating would be able to for my, my brain to do calculus on this episode of good scenes versus We're bad scenes. We're ready for Paul to do that. So. <laughs> but yeah, I no, I can't do it. Uh, and so, I don't know. Um, literally just, I can't. Oh, no vote. That's an exciting yes. development. <laughs> we've, never, we've never had this before. <laughs> and I put it in the I record it, books. And you I. stole mine. Oh, sorry. Damn it, thing. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we, we've, okay. we've been we can spoiled. have more than we can have one, more than one abstention in this episode. <laughs> yeah, so but it's never as exciting when you're the second one. Oh, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> That's yeah. okay. I'll All think right. of you eventually. Do you have a number to attach to this episode, Stephen? You know, I was actually going to say probably something very similar to Bing. I haven't been able to process the episode yet in kind of a coherent way. The The last 15 minutes is so divorced from the first part 
And so I was just, as everyone was talking, I was trying to consider how I felt about the first 40 minutes of the episode. And, you know, the, the Dorn stuff, I think, is just plain terrible. Like, yeah. it's, it's just bad. The Arya stuff is good, but not particularly exciting or interesting. So, I mean, what do you say about those scenes? Like, give them three out of five and just say, yeah, this was adequate and it was fine. Didn't knock my socks off, but there you go. Yeah. And uh, I... I think what they're doing with the the ongoing story, the Faith Militant and the High Sparrow is is interesting stuff. But like if I had to assign a number, the first 40 minutes would probably get like a 2.5 or a 3 for me. And then I have really mixed feelings about the final scene, which makes it difficult to kind of come with the overall impression. So the safe answer might just be like, I'll give it a 3 and ignore all those complications. Because being already abstained, yeah, so. <laughs> fair uh, enough. And again, we'll 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 figure it out. We'll get there. We'll work uh, it out. Yeah. First, Adam, what did you think? Oh boy. Um, my initial reaction was not good, and so I I don't know. I kind of decided to give myself a little time to think about it, and I I just rewatched right here up until the bath scene with in Winterfell. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I give I give Tyrion and. You know that's the lemon cake there at least. Like I don't know. I don't think I could I could safely give it more than two because just the little finger stuff seems stupid. Most <laughs> of the stuff with 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 Cersei seems really stupid. Dorn was just comical. I don't know. I just yeah. I, I don't want to sound like I'm just completely crapping on the whole episode. I don't want to be that guy. But I just yeah. A, a few days later, I'm still. Yeah, it didn't really improve for me. And you, Michelle? Well, though we know. I guess we know. <laughs> you want to give your reasoning? I mean, I I don't feel like I can... Yeah. I mean, I was, I think, okay with the episode going into the end. But since this particular event has made me reevaluate everything I've ever thought about Game of Thrones, I okay. don't really feel like I can make like a number judgment on this episode well i know someone who can (laughs) paul (laughs) uh yeah well i would first like to note that it's kind of very sad that we're giving lemon cakes in honor of sansa this is a bummer episode for her damn it that's the way we've always been dude what the hell yeah but anyway (laughs) um i think there's a clear distinction we need to make between enjoying an episode to give it lemon cakes and understanding or the importance of it or admiring the craft of it or that kind of thing, in which case there's a lot of bad to be said about both sorts of things. But So I wouldn't say I enjoyed much of it, but there were some valuable things in there, and for the most part it was okay throughout with laughable points and sad points and uncomfortable points. But I won't like completely throw everything out. I would give it a 3.2 or something like that where it has its value, but... Obviously, there's some troubling parts. I can get behind a lot of what you just said there because season five compared to previous seasons has it feels like a lot more scenes or even entire episodes that are in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And like they're just traumatic or troubling scenes or very dark and disturbing scenes. And so to judge them on this, like, where's our happy, fun battle adventure show? It's like the, the show has changed substantially over time. And so to kind of measure it against this yardstick of am I having fun watching it is, is a mistake. And you're right, there is a certain amount of you know craft and whatnot going into the show that should be evaluated, not just whether or not it's it's fun to watch it. Well, I mean, I think obviously this is all very relative, but I still think that there's a difference between oh, I'm I'm not having fun watching this, and oh, I'm 
really deeply upset and disturbed by this. Right. You know, like I feel like this show particularly plays with that line, but you still don't have to, you know, I, I, I don't think it's wrong to say that like, you know, something is bad because it goes too far. I think it's more compelling rather than enjoyable. Like it, the reason you have this visceral, and I also had the visceral reaction on my first watch, is because they've built up these characters so much that you care about them, and it's like, and yes, it is disturbing, but it's also compelling. You're not going to not watch a season of Sopranos just because they, you know, whack a bunch of guys in awful ways, or you're not going to watch another show because they do something awful because, like, they're doing stuff to characters that you care about, and in the end, I think that it just moves the story along. I, I think it's more compelling. It's not enjoyable, and that's why I should have and, said that during my four lemon cake hitting. <laughs> and there's something you've said for art that is trying to elicit strong emotions and not make you happy or joyful or anything. It's trying to upset you and disturb you. And if it does that, then you can't say, well, you can say this isn't for me and I don't want to be a part of this. But if that's the goal, then it achieves that and you're repelled. But that's still kind of what they were going for if you buy into that sort of thinking. The problem I have with that argument is that this is, this show has gone way past the need to do so. Agreed. This is this is this is season yeah. five now. If you're if you're still surprised at rape and murder and brutal deaths in Game of Thrones, I don't know what show you've been watching up to now. But it's not for the surprise. It's for the breaking down of the human experience. As this is a terrible way to live, and this is not going to get better, and this is not going to have a hero come and save you. Well, there you have a tease of what we're going to be getting into <laughs> there. And yeah, now we're going to shift right back into the cheerful bit for the yeah, first part. Yeah, let's yes. go ahead and, and cover all this Ice other cream. If you, if you wanted, <laughs> If you wanted a sense of where our thoughts are, there though, then there you have it. But yeah, for me, I definitely kind of echo a lot of the feelings expressed by people about this episode. Obviously, it's very hard to judge how, how one feels about that last part because it was so horrifying. And you can argue, of course, whether or not that was warranted and... Uh, if it's okay for a show to do horrible things and, and what it's doing when it does do that. So yeah, again, we'll get into that. But but yeah, for me, talking about the rest of the episode, I also thought the Sand Snake part was absurd and I'm just sick of this nonsense plot line um, and I'm just ready for it to be over. But besides that, I did, for the most part, thought the rest of the episode was pretty solid. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so for that reason, I would probably just give it like the, the standard average three lemon cakes. But let's go ahead and jump in, uh, starting into one of the, mo the more joyful places that we get to see in this episode, the House of Black and White. Dead people. <laughs> yeah, so awesome. Yay. I love it. And we see Arya washing bodies, but she is sick of this. She is done, and she demands to know what the purpose is of this uh, to the waif, and who refuses to answer and refuses to explain, and uh, tells her that she is not ready yet. Damn it, Arya! Yeah. You signed She's up been for there this for shit. Weeks. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I was like, she's like, I'm not doing a single one more. It's like, well then. The dare, there's the door, darling, right there. You know, like nobody's forcing you to be here. She's the cliche millennial in the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get promoted? Uh, aren't I VP yet? <laughs> yeah. How to succeed at being a faceless man without really trying the Arya Stark story. <laughs> That's a great BuzzFeed article. <laughs> yeah. You need a number in there if it's going to be a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> Ten ways. 
There you go. <laughs> and yeah, we get this this moment where the wave tells her own story. When Ari asks who she is, she tells the story of of, of her life in Westeros uh, as a as a noble's daughter who was replaced essentially by a new wife's daughter and was was almost murdered. And she sought the help of the faceless man and got free of that situation. And implying, well, I guess obviously saying that they all died. And then she kind of says that this might not be true. I I don't think it was true because I was like, what is this nonsense? This can't be. Well, I knew it wasn't true because halfway through the story, she like pauses, rolls her eyes and then looks up and goes, hmm, and then continues her story. Like, I'm making this all up now. And then then she goes, was that true? Of course it wasn't true. I thought that was her expressing her amusement at uh, sending her her mother-in-law to die. Well, that's not how I read it. Mm. Yeah. Well, if we go with Greg's interpretation, I feel like that's kind of strange because I thought the point was to show how good you need to be at lying. You need to totally inhabit. Yeah, which is why it stood out to me. So that's probably not what she was doing. Right. Yeah. She is a faceless man after all, or almost. She certainly convinced. She certainly convinced Arya. She seemed quite dumbfounded that this was not true. But uh, I, we kind of knowing what we know, didn't really believe her and assumed she was lying about her life. Well, in fairness, we don't know anything about her backstory, so I just no. But we sound. know what the faceless men are all about, True. and how they do their stuff. Yeah, it did feel off. In that but regard. to uh, to Pod's point, like, did anyone else actually like rack their brain to see, like, oh, do I remember reading about like some mother taking over a house and like I, I was just trying to. Pulling yeah. book in and I, I wrote them. in my notes. Wait, who's the wave? Who is what? Who is this? And then I realized, ah, she fooled me. And then Arya fooled me again. I'm like, when did Arya get sick? She ah, she got me. My reaction was, well, like, no, that's bullshit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> my reaction was, that better be bullshit because it's a really dumb story. And by yep. the way, you still have an accent. Exactly, See, that's yeah. the difference because Zach's reaction is that's bullshit, and mine is, wait, what did I forget? So you're <laughs> you're sure about what you know, and I instantly doubt. Like, wait, how did I remember? Not remember this. Yeah, well, I thought very... it might be a show change because the, the the character in the books is not right. That's really... my that was my kind of reaction. Like, why would they make a change like that? That's stupid. <laughs> you know, the classic reaction we always have. But if we did want to buy her story, how would a little girl in Westeros contact the faceless yeah. men and say, "Kill my family"? Yeah, exactly. That was just the part. Just r- write a little note, send it on Raven, and say, "Fly free." Go yeah. Well, J- Jackin is like the Yorin of the Faceless Men. He just roams, you know, yeah. Westeros. <laughs> getting, you know, people know him, and you know he can he can. Murder uh, for hire. Yeah. So speaking of Jaken, he wakes up Arya shortly afterward in the middle of the night to play the game of faces. I guess this is what that is, and you know asks Arya about who she is. She admits she's Arya and tells the story of her life with a few lies in there. Every time she lies, uh, Jaken you know whips her. And and yeah, what did you guys think about this part? So we're okay with child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she signed up for this. Yeah, <laughs> she can quit any time. I did think it was interesting when you know when she was like, and I the hound who I hated, and he's mm-hmm. like lying, and she was like, no, I hated him, and he, she really thinks she means it. I think. Yeah, but, she's lying yeah, to herself great. there, and he makes that point. Yeah, yeah. which was nice because I don't think we've heard a reference to the hound. This yeah, season. it's just getting Michael Gain bull hype a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think show hound is done? I don't. Well, no. <laughs> no Michael yeah. bull needs to happen. <laughs> uh, but he probably is. I don't know. I just well, actually. So, so have anybody watched the, the the end of the year Dead People Roundtable video? Yeah, uh, I looked. Yeah, I briefly looked at it. Yeah, Rory McCann was not on it. Mm-hmm. They weren't all on that. To be fair, like the guy who played be, it wasn't there. Yeah, to right. be fair, but he's pretty important. Yeah, he would have yeah. been a main 
person. The Michelle Fairley like, was on that, wasn't she? That he was. No, she, no, was, she wasn't. Oh, she wasn't? Okay, well. No. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for the showrunners to keep Clegane in their back pocket if they ever need him. I mean, if they're talking about expanding the show to 10 final seasons, you never know when he might be valuable to pull back as a character. That's not going to happen, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't, it better not. I don't think 10 seasons is the right way to go. Hey, that's that's the talk right now. Uh, okay. Is it? No, the showrunners have been saying 77777. Seven, 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 seven. Yeah. HBO has been saying, this is our most popular show. Money is awesome. We, we, we want more. <laughs> but yeah, so we move to the, to the next part where we, we get a man coming to the House of Black and White with his sick daughter. He's out of options. He asks for the only cure that they can give, which I assume he knows. It seems like he knows that. The cure here is death they're offering, but but the daughter doesn't know, so Arya approaches her, tells the lie that she had was in the same situation, she was sick, and her father brought her here to be cured, and she was cured, so, yeah. This is the moment where, you know, Arya kind of proves that she is a an adept liar. Hey, adept. Yeah. <laughs> a decent liar. It's a little convenient for me. It was like, you're not lying to our standards, and then, like, this random occurrence, and, you know, you have, like, the, like, approving... Like Mr. Miyagi in the background of Jake and, you know, going like, mm, you have yeah. learned. <laughs> and I was like, mm, not really, but okay. I'm just happy that Bravos has passed the Death with Dignity Act and the people seem to be on board with it. So it's nice <laughs> to know that they're a forward thinking society. Okay. Not that this girl had any say in the matter, though. Yeah. Like, we would have thought this would have been the controversial scene. Mm. Take your pick. Jeez. She might have been asking her dad to take her there. We don't know her backstory. Yeah, so all she told her was that she was hurting. I, I got I got the impression that she knew what was going on. Yeah, that would have been pretty good if she knew what was going to happen. And Arya was just bullshitting. And she was like, uh, and she was like uh, I know what's going on here. She's I need like, your wait, face. Give me your face. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like you drink the thing and it's, give me, give me that. Yeah, no. To add the point, though, Arya is, doesn't really ever kind of adopt the faceless man what is it techniques in the books right she's always leveraging her own experience as Arya. she never abandons her identity so for her to be kind of faking it with this girl and ushering her off to her death and jake and approving that kind of fits with what happens in the books where she kind of uh, tricks her her teachers that she is obeying their rules like they send her out into the world blind right and they it's you know this presumably big challenge for other faceless men but Arya's like oh, Morgan into cats I got this it, it doesn't seem like they're going to do that now we were kind of speculating if they would do that back in the first time we saw this but now it seems like they're jumping ahead to the uh, you know like her becoming someone else thing so speaking of moving to the final scene in Bravos, we have Jaken again as we said he's impressed with Arya with that whole thing with the little girl so he, he shows her the hollow faces shows her what they do with the bodies they have all these faces up in this giant all it looks like it's a pain in the ass to manage like how do you get to the ones at the top <laughs> super super inefficient storage system. Yeah, magic. <laughs> they've got the rolling ladders. They're like you know, but they're just in the corners. And who has to light all the candles every day? That must suck. But I guess those shelves around. You can just swing around on those ladders. It's easy. True. Yeah, uh, and again, my nerd brain just took me out of the scene because I was expecting like Ollivander to be like, I was wondering where you're gonna come. <laughs> well, it did have that. It did kind of have that that Harry Potter look and sound. Like the music was definitely that very like mystical kind of a little bit Harry Pottery not understand these references you were making <laughs> what how dare you greg the man who's read every single book but harry potter Everyone else has read. Wait, 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 wait you haven't read harry potter i read the first two i just couldn't get into them <gasps> i told i told you that a while ago ice cream ice cream <laughs> <laughs> well i will say aside from gregness i um <laughs> putting greg I... as a person aside <laughs> <laughs> it's not really relevant here. 
Um, I did actually really think this scene looked very cool. And I guess my memory of it in the books is just kind of like this, like, dinky little room. And then, like, the idea of it being, like, this, like, mall of faces was, like, I enjoyed that little roll through. And I also liked Arya being like, oh, I didn't entirely expect to see this, you know? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool moment, despite these nitpicks. I thought, yeah, it was it was exciting, you know, to get this 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 thing that we've kind of been speculating on on screen and seeing how they will interpret it. He but, does say something about Arya, like, losing her, her voice, her yeah. eyes or something. So, like, maybe the blind thing will be, like, a punishment? I don't know. Maybe uh, I think I think the the way I was reading that was that she would just become someone else. You know, you have someone else's eyes, kind of thing. But yeah, it could yeah. be that too. I figure she's going to become that girl. Like that's that's what I was that's thinking. Why they too, ended it with the girl. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm, yeah, I wonder what they're going to do. It it's interesting how they're going to handle from a show standpoint the idea of of a character becoming someone else because they have an actor that they you know they want to use, and so if she's just acting as other people the whole time, that's going to be odd. Yeah. Did anyone else wonder what they did with the rest of the bodies? Oh, they, they, they kept their head skin. I didn't think about it in the moment. <laughs> There's a skin suit behind the face. Yeah, in the and the rest of the the. <laughs> There's no like like big cleaning area where you see them just dumping bodies. It's just wall to wall faces in there. They have a cock merchant out back and a hand merchant. <laughs> <laughs> But the face merchant surprisingly, you know, goes home empty-handed every day. <laughs> I first have them sure they have a face today. Another decapitation <laughs> ad. Sorry. Yeah. They just have them lined up. They give all the body parts, and the last guy is the face merchant. He just—they're like, we have nothing for you. He's like, oh, not again. <laughs> okay. I'm going back you to. You guys are the faceless men. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> I also thought it was cool like the faces they don't even look preserved like they look like people who are just like asleep yeah to that point did anyone think that the eyes were about to open on the oh, face yeah. 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 in the making of the episode featurette thing they said we're saying how they made like 60 face casts and a lot of them were like people on the show like there's a david and dan one and like people's grandparents and stuff that wanted to be on the show yeah, was there a george bush one to- <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move to the next uh, major place in the episode, which I have no idea where it is. It's this place in Essos, I guess, like the Valerian Coast or something. There's literally nowhere. Since. Yeah, just <laughs> in the middle of, of somewhere in Essos. So, somewhere that has fresh water. <laughs> yeah, so it would see. So we get Tyrion and Joy, you know, continuing on their way. Joy is continuing to look at his grayscale mark, not happy about that. I actually loved his expression at that part. It was just so like, ugh, this sucks. Just <laughs> <laughs> pretty much Joy's life in a nutshell. Why doesn't he cut his arm off? I don't understand. That's a great question. You would at least take the chance, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's usually like the number one reaction, especially mm-hmm. in, in olden days, just cut it off. So, <laughs> But, but uh, if you know that there are cures, if you're rich and powerful enough to get everyone working on it, and he thinks he's going to Danny, and if she did take him back, she would be powerful enough to get healers. So he could be holding out hope that way. We don't really know exactly how it works and or how TV long or how fast it will go. Right. I wonder if he if he wants to live. I wonder if maybe that might be motivating him a little bit. Maybe he just wants to get this last job done. If he's really concerned, like kind of like all this ribbing by Tyrion that Danny will not accept him. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's something like that. Go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. he, he definitely took to the, like, unlike um, Book Jor, he definitely took to the idea of fighting in the pits. Like, he was into that. Mm-hmm. That gets them close to Dane. Uh, like, when they leave Yazan and join the Second Sons, mm-hmm. is that right? He's already geared up and ready to go. True. It's just that before that, he's very despondent and, and not wanting to you know, do anything, it seems like. Yeah, yeah but that's talk, because right? he learns that uh, Danny got married. Right. <laughs> hmm. uh, poor Jor. He's going to arrive to similar news <laughs> pretty soon, I think, in the book. Or in the show uh, but yeah but before that we do get this moment where Tyrion tells Jorah the, the fate of his, his father Gior Mormont Lord Commander you know just kind of drops it on him and he didn't know oh. How to, like oh you didn't know it's like that moment where you accidentally spoil someone like oh oh I'm sorry he felt real bad about it yeah that was a really that nice exchange any, like that made no sense to me why Tyrion would know that yeah I kept trying to think of the timelines like when yeah. would he be in, in a position to get a raven and I don't think it matches up but we're not supposed to think that deep. I didn't know how he knew about Jorah like him his involvement with Varys and all that I didn't think he was around for that either so it's just a thing they're kind of brushing over but like I don't, like they don't the Night's Watch doesn't publicize this like who was taking the time to write to King's Landing and go mm-hmm. like this is what happened to our Lord Commander you know Mr. Aemon Mr. Aemon yeah, yeah, I think I think that. there might be some obligation to send to tell them that the to Lord Commander died. King. Yeah. Or Slint. Slint was up there, you know, was probably True. sending but, stuff back to But King's also life. like the Lord Commander died, like it's centered around like, you know, death is coming from beyond the wall, like kind right. of like, help. punctuates that. Shit's really fucked up here, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can buy it. I, I didn't have an, too much of an issue accepting that. There definitely was that moment where I was like, wait, how? But yeah, it was a, it was a cool moment, you know, just seeing Joria's kind of stoic reaction to that, that as he mm. tends to do. Yeah, his facial expression when he learned his father died was fucking priceless. It's it's just cool to see these two like you know like cool actors, cool characters interacting. I think that that's what really is making this for me because right now, I mean, it's ultimately just like it's like a travel log thing, right? That's really what's going on <laughs> mm-hmm. here. But it's just cool to see these two characters interacting. So we move next to the last moment we get with them, where they are again in just some random hilly place, and they spot a slaver ship. They take cover, but it turns out the slavers are right there. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking for water, it seems, and you know they apprehend these two guys. They are going to enslave them. At least they intend to enslave Jorah as a galley slave, and Tyrion, he's useless. Just chop his cock off. That's the only useful part about him, because it's magic, evidently. <laughs> and uh, you know Tyrion, as he is wont to do, he talks his way out of it. He says that, that it would be better for him to be alive, because they wouldn't they couldn't possibly know it's dwarf's cock without him being there to prove it because yeah. of course his cock is of a normal size <laughs> guess again because <laughs> <laughs> they could have just the... slit his throat and took him with yeah, him yeah just bring the whole body but... well then there would have been the issue of preservation i suppose yeah it's always tricky well there would be if they cut it off yeah well. same, yeah same thing <laughs> not the, the smartest slaver guys. Cap. yeah I but I, it's easier to stick a Never mind, in a jar, never mind. <laughs> Please, <laughs> Stephen, make your point so we can stop talking about cocks and jars. Stephen, you were saying? <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I thought the slaver captain was a magnificent character. Like, he has so much personality in such a short amount of yeah. time. Like, he comes across way more than people who've been on the show for multiple seasons. And just yeah. his, like, short appearance. Like, he, he has this wonderful way of speaking and mannerisms and the way he jumps out of the boat to confront Jorah and Tyrion again. Like, he was a fantastic character, and I hope we see him at least a couple more times. I thought he was great to have around. I hope he gets, like, a better chance at a storyline than he did as Mr. Echo on Lost. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
They were like, listening to us, guys. They were like, fine, you want lost spoilers? Give it to you. <laughs> he actually had that stick or his club. It was in the boat. We just couldn't see it. <laughs> he's also, kept... he played out of BC and Oz. And, like, that's one of the most, like, just f- fucked up weird characters from, like, TV show mm-hmm. histories just burned into my brain. It was another HBO show, right. but he uh, he just did, did such an amazing job with that. And seeing him again, I was like, "Oh, it's Adam BC from Oz." I was I was just happy to see him. And I assume that he's like more. He's not just a no name actor, or no name like you, we recognized him. That I, I like to think that he'll have a little more, little little more larger role, at least character. one episode. So. The character has a name too. I think Malco. Malco, yeah, something like that. So they should have eh. cast him as a sand snake. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Maybe a show here show up with Salador San. Why? Because all black people know each other? No, because no, one's a smuggler, one's a slave. But what was interesting was he he made that comment about how like the fighting pits are reopening, so that move that that news traveled fast. But I guess that makes sense. But then he was like, "Oh, come on, free men aren't fighting in the in the slave pits," which is the complete opposite of what Hisdar has been telling Danny this entire time. Mm. And that seemed yeah. very interesting to me. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he, that they called, they like examined Jorah as being 60. Cause I think that I even <laughs> he's 53 and I thought he looks much younger than that. Yeah. Age, so yeah. Agreed. Uh, I guess he's pretty weathered at this point in this whole trek. I guess it's the grayscale. Yeah. It's giving him lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be giving a lot more soon. If I look that good at 63, I'll count it as a win. <laughs> yeah. The discussion Tyrion and Jorah have about Queen Daenerys I thought was pretty great. And I wonder if it's the first right. time show viewers only have thought about the problems of Danny sweeping into Westeros and trying to rule. I, I was watching it like, yep, Tyrion's 100% right, because I've always been very skeptical about the end game of yeah. Danny ruling from King's Landing. And I'm glad someone on the show voiced it to say, hey, right. it's not going to be all flowers and rainbows if she becomes the queen. You know, that's going to be a lot of problems. Yeah, because the show has shown basically zero supporters for her. I, You know, I kind of thought the conversation was kind of on the nose when I first watched it, but I think that's mostly because I have the perspective of someone who has had this conversation so many times. So I'm like, oh, that's been done. But obviously, in the context of the show, it wouldn't be that. So I think that's yeah. just my perceptions coloring it. This was very much like a, like, oh, I've had that argument with someone on a forum somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny's never even seen Westeros. <laughs> and we also know the Dance of Dragons plot, right? Like the, the what happens in the rest of the book and Danny's struggle to control Marine as it spirals out of control, which hasn't been put on screen yet. Like we've just started to get the hints of it. So I think it's good to set this up for true. the show viewer. Very true. Do you guys think that Tyrion is going to have a Jorah moment? What? Like, what is like Jorah a Jorah moment? A, a, like, like a, a revelation? Like a uh, yeah, exactly. No. I mean, he saw the dragon, and I think that, if anything, was his well, was his moment. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't say. He's too level-headed. I mean, I don't know how level-headed Jorah was before, even though he said he was a cynic. Maybe if he rides a dragon. Tell me the story of Jorah's second wife again, that cynical man. She was really pretty, though. He's cynical after <laughs> that experience, though. It made him cynical. <laughs> Yeah. Also, what happened to Jorah's sword? Yeah, like, where, like, did they just leave all their stuff at the boat while they were lo- running around? Or yeah, I think Jorah probably didn't have enough time to get his sword just swimmed in his. No, because the when they're walking, he's not walking with the sword. Right. Yeah, it all went with the boat when the it stone went with the boat. Yeah. yeah, he probably yeah. lost it. And the stonemen yeah. hijacked their boat and sailed away. <laughs> <laughs> they're off. They're off to do amazing things in their plague boat. Picking <laughs> <laughs> up Gendry. <laughs> Did you guys see the image of the boat of lost character, lost plot lines? 
thing. Yeah, like yeah. Thor's the mirror. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All the people with Kendry in the boat. I'll put that in the in the, in the links in the show. Please do. Kendry has to show up, or he has to be referenced at some point. They can't just leave that. It takes a while to row across the narrows. So. Well, I think the problem is that Davos told told Gendry that you just keep the coast here, right? So he's just been rowing around Dragonstone. <laughs> Let's move to King's Landing, where we get Littlefinger arriving there, and he's immediately accosted at the gate by Lancel. And, and my Brother note on this is, bro, do you even faith? <laughs> because <laughs> I just was amused by the idea of them being called brothers, and you know, they seem to definitely have that sort of aggressive confrontational attitude. So that's my impression of, of the, the brothers of, of the Sparrow Faith Warrior Son thing. I think I'm so. tired of them by this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm tired oh, yeah. of bodyguards not doing anything. Who, the, who were those guys that Littlefinger right? had with him? They looked very they looked like, like second sons. But <laughs> they did not look like male knights to me. Like Lothar Brune or someone with him. I know I bring Lothar Brune up in every episode, but still, <laughs> we should have somebody with him. Yeah. Just his personal guards. It definitely did not look like upstanding gentlemen, but I guess that is the company that Littlefinger keeps. Of course, he does get that jab in that, that you know, he, he peddles fantasies that people, I don't care remember the exact quote, but yeah, he peddles. Mine are at least entertaining, yeah. yeah that are entertaining. Yeah. Uh, though this is definitely the return of Middlefinger for sure, because I don't think that these co- these co- this comment and the one he, he later gives to Cersei uh, would have gone over well if they had been feeling particularly aggressive that day. Pretty impressive that Littlefinger recognized Lancel right away, because he looks nothing yeah, like him. Nothing like him. See, I was I was really confused too because so much of the violence we saw of the sparrows was focused around his brothel, and it's you know been this whole thing. It, you know, way more so than in the books. Like Littlefinger is like connected to like the word brothel keeper. You know, that's kind of his primary occupation almost. And then you know he just waltzes back into the city and meets the sparrows, and they're like, yeah, you can go, it's fine. You know, like you own all the places that we've just burned down, but fine. Um, yeah, then I was wondering if maybe Cersei told the High Sparrow not to get. I don't think she can. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think it's kind of <laughs> weird to trying to figure out like what their limit is. Like how right. far will they go? I guess maybe they're not there yet with Littlefinger. I saw I more mean, as Lancel's not ready to confront Queen Cersei yet. Yeah, that soon as she, yeah. as soon as her name gets dropped, he's like, oh, okay, you're That's fine for of- now. But New King's Landing and various other bro-like threats. <laughs> I think someone uh, uh, I think like one of the Atlantic roundtable that meme posted was having problems trying to come to terms with the fact that they these people rose so fast and calling it an unrealistic portrayal of peasant uprising but this is not a peasant uprising and I think the, the closest uh, comparison these people have to real life historical events is the Boxer Rebellion in China in, in, in the uh, 1900 when the, the 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 Empress Dowager of China at that time actually over actually empowered a bunch of crazy pseudo religious lunatics and give them power, and they also really quickly took over the city. So it does happen in history. Hmm. Talking about how no one expects the Spanish Inquisition; they just jump up in their hair. We could give Bing gives this insightful example. Also, the Spanish Inquisition. Right? <laughs> I just want to start out about Chinese history. That's it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I think. I mean, maybe maybe it is a little fast, but I mean, that's kind of just how it, it, it but goes. These things do go fast when they're literally sure. by the crown to do whatever the hell and, they want. And it's mm-hmm. kind of been. Uh, boiling under the surface for a while. I think that that's kind of the point we're supposed to get with it. Uh, but yeah, we get to this next scene where Littlefinger arrives uh, in the Red Keep to speak with Cersei about matters kind of ambiguous, like, I need your help. 
and you're going to give it, right? He reveals that Sansa is with, with Roose Bolden, which Cersei is obviously very upset about because she wants to find Sansa, and he, he I guess openly using her as a, a political piece is not cool. Littlefinger offers that solution to, to have the two fight each other and then to clean up the mess and take control, but he requests, if he is to do this because no one else seems capable or, or willing to do it, that he be made Warden of the North. I think that's too many titles. He, he, how many titles does he have already? Lord Warden, of Iron Warden, 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 Warden Protector of the Vale, yeah. Warden of the North, like... All Does any of this make sense to anyone? No. <laughs> like, but, why is he even there? Why did he even come when she called? And she had to call him all the way to King's Landing to be like, hey, when I, I mean, Tommen starts a war against the Tyrells, will you back me up? Like, exactly. It was definitely a very vague, like, I need like, your help here. Why, he, gets, he gets the summons right after he takes Santa north, right? Doesn't know what it's about. Might as well go all the way back to King's Landing. Gets there, and it was, hey, you got my back, right? Like, I, I just, it, in his head, is he like, oh, I'm going to go down there, and she totally knows what I did, and she's going to kill me. Like, what's the, like, why else is she calling him after all this time? Her, or What she wanted him for could have easily been in a letter. Like, very easily. There was there was absolutely no need f- for her to send for him, and he didn't have any plausible explanation as to why she would send for him, so it was a really stupid move for him to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. And whatever she said in the letter to him, Roose Bolton read it and so- probably saw what Littlefinger wrote back, so that would be a new wrinkle mm-hmm. if she said any details about what she wanted in more than yeah. just coming right now. It definitely feels think- like we're missing details, right? It's either a big plot hole that the writers failed to fill in, or... It really does feel like she made a request to Littlefinger or there was part of the conversation we missed or something. Like, there's just way too much of that that doesn't make sense. So it's either bad writing or being kept in the dark on purpose. There's got to be – if she said, look, you know, what's going down with the brothels and I need you you to be ready, you know, when this is over to – you know, to set all that back up. It's like it, it, she could have had a reason to get him there that she couldn't have put in a letter and they just didn't give him one. And well, all we know is that she said the word immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. I agree. Like I don't, Cersei is not, she's not lady secrecy here. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't think that subtly. I don't know why this particular, like calling Littlefinger back to the capital. Yeah. I, I, I just don't get it. It, it almost seems to talk about ice cream again. An excuse yeah. to get Littlefinger away from the North. Right. I think. Yeah. I, I think that basically the 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 motivation for the story writers why he is going to the North is just going back to King's Land is just get him away. Yeah. So something else. Yeah. Can go yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought. Man. <laughs> I thought that maybe there was something smart going on, right? Like, uh, he's, could... he's landing. There's there's this big there's this big plot going on. Like all all of this could have been done without him going back. Like it's it's very weird. I think the last couple episodes have been very out of character for him. From from Littlefinger's perspective, though, it gives him cover to activate the forces of the Vale, move them through Westeros with the Crown's blessing, and possibly link up with Stannis. Or you know, yeah, well, yeah something. Yeah, maybe. With what, yeah, what's the what's <laughs> the end game there? Yeah, if he was moving. If he was like actively trying to help Stannis, he should have made a move already. Because he really seemed to Sansa like, well, whichever one doesn't matter, we'll work it out. It, it feels like this little finger, this this little finger, is trying to play too many cards at the same time. It feels like he legitimately doesn't have a plan. Yeah, like well, he's mm-hmm. like he's he's just Chaos. sort of like 
I've got three or four things I can do, <laughs> and I've got a few ways that maybe they'll work out. I don't even has, know. And if they don't, I got the veil. Who cares? Yeah, he like, has too many really plans, which is probably the same thing as not really a one single coherent plan. So I think which, the way I would try to explain it is that I mean I think I think it is irrational from Cersei's perspective. Like she had no logic behind asking him to come back, but I think that fits because she's kind of desperate right now. She's looking for options, and one of them is just to have him back. And 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 she had no clear intention of why, but you know she just wants support at this point and that's kind of what what she got mm-hmm. uh from Littlefinger, i i kind of it kind of makes sense to me a little bit because i think that he he i like has been said he he partially wanted to do it to get the crown's blessing to take this next step i guess that was what was going on with that i also think that if he was hearing uh, what was going on with king's landing uh, or at least it, i don't know just to check back in to see what's going on it seemed like he was definitely taking a hand in that because i i suspect and we'll get to this he had a hand in, in having olivar confess uh, mm-hmm. about that stuff Loris. Mm. Is it possibly that it's just classic Cersei paranoia? Yeah, that's my that's, yeah. Like she's just yeah. worried about Littlefinger, clearly one of the most powerful men in the realm now, acting as a free agent, doing God knows what in the veil. Like she didn't even know he left the veil yet, right? Right. So, no, right. She sent that letter to the veil, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which still wrangles with me. I don't get how the whole spy network and everything that she doesn't know that he was in Winterfell for, what, a week or a month or even. Well, I think her days. spy network doesn't extend far past King's Landing. I think that. Mm-hmm. But there's pe- think there'd be people flowing in, like, just passing information, you know, not necessarily like Kyburn's birds or whatever. But but I genuinely think the way Littlefinger set up the whole thing with Sansa, where she he told her about Stannis is coming in. I think he is actually betting on Stannis. I don't think he's really as wishy-washy. He's like, I'll just, we'll just go in for whoever takes over. Just, I just don't. That's just the impression but, that I got. But, and he, but he has to know Stannis would kill him, right? I mean, Stannis would take his head off. Well, I because think, yeah, I mean, even in the books, like Stan, or maybe in the show as well. But uh, Stannis is like, yeah, I'd take the heads off Varys and Littlefinger. Like, yeah, they'll get what's coming to them. Yeah, but he he would weasel his way out of that. He would say, "Hey, look, I paved the way for your glorious return." I feel like he'd get out of that. And but with he, what he just he, set he up, he has enough leverage. You mean that sort of thing? With what he just set up, he will have the army of the Vale. And once Ruth, uh, once Ruth and Stannis like battle each other at the wall, then Stannis would presumably have a depleted force, and then Littlefinger can say, "I'll join you, and you can have all these people, and then we'll march south together, and then we'll have a." Much bigger and, thing, and, and I don't Stannis know what he stands for. But I don't. I agree that Stannis wouldn't go for that. But maybe Littlefinger is. But maybe show Stannis would have to. Up. Maybe show Stannis would have to swallow his uh, his his ethics and just. When have we ever seen him swallow his ethics? I, I know that's what. I, that's why it doesn't make sense to me. When Renny yeah. died, when he killed Renny. Yeah, there he suffered go. a great many things that he dislikes, but he suffers them all the same. <laughs> I think I, I I definitely don't think that Littlefinger is being honest with Cersei about his intentions. I don't know what his actual intentions are, but I do think that that he's definitely you know deflecting, and he does especially with the part about Sansa. You know, he makes the point, "Oh, I'll I'll take care of her. I live to serve and whatnot." But yeah, obviously, yeah. I think that that's BS. But but I, I also I, I hesitate. I I feel like I feel like this episode for me really re- established a thing that I that I've always felt, which is that Littlefinger is a fundamentally terrible person. So we can't expect him to do what mm. we want him to do. The good thing, right? Start I, making logical decisions that are understandable. <laughs> I, I expect him to act in his own interest, and I just I felt like he's done some things that weren't in his interest lately. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, we still don't know what those interests are. Apparently, it's to be the power behind the Iron Throne, but not 
to be the actual ruler. That's why I thought you it was know. strange that I, I again think this might be BS, but I, I thought it was strange that he wanted to be warden of the North himself. I thought I don't buy that. that yeah, that's more of a puppet thing because again, like you said, Greg, I think he's starting to get too many titles, and that, that's a problem that makes him a target. Right? Well, I, I think he was just saying that as like just an excuse to Cersei because yeah, she'll think that as so. like, oh yeah, that's what you want. Okay, that makes sense because I'm a selfish person. That's what I that's what I'd want too. But he's playing. He's we know he's playing a long game. Does, does he need her? In order to raise an army, I mean, I guess he could just sort of do it on his own and say, "Oh, I found, I found Sansa, and I'm going to get her." Or, well, if he the, the people, the people in the Vale wouldn't listen without a royal decree, maybe it it helps, I guess. It's a, when he just does it on his on his own, then then Cersei will know, and so he's like, what, "What the hell are you doing?" Then he either has to then he has to make a choice: is he going to side with Stannis or is he going to side with Cersei? I guess. Well, he did do an, a he did a good job of passing off what he did. To Roos, so you know, assuming she doesn't know what actually went on, that's that's a good job. He did that well, right? Good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you can get around this yeah. fast, you you have the opportunity to you know check all your bases. Like it's it's not a big deal for him to come down. Yeah, here. make sure that, that it's cool with Cersei. I, I hope someday we get an episode that shows how people get around. The Griffins are real. <laughs> I I will say one thing I I liked about this particular scene with Cersei was that it it kind of um for the first time sort of made me get why it's important for little not important but like get the point of Littlefinger being this brothel keeper fundamentally and like that being a main facet of his identity yeah. um, because like Cer- Cersei's Cersei's derision in the books like not not it's not like poorly handled by George because it's obviously just like Cersei's delusion and whatever but it, it does in this context I think make a lot more sense for Cersei to say like you are literally just like a whoremonger like what you know like how do you think you're going to lead an army for, for him to be able to like keep that cover through that occupation made a lot more sense to me yeah it's interesting he still has that reputation now that he's like a great lord with a lot of influence like it's interesting that he still has that, that people still look down on him like that but I guess it makes sense you know he's up jumped Mm-hmm. And they will always see him like that, which I'm, I think he's happy with. I think he definitely yeah. loves that smokescreen. I think that's going to actually be a problem for the little finger of the books, too, where, you know, it's all great that he's accumulated. Like he's, he's you know, all the titles we've listed off, Lord Paramount of the Riverlands and Lord Protector of the Vale and Lord of Harrenhal. But when it comes time for him to call his banners, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing, you know, the, the Royces of the world will gladly bend the yep. knee and send up, you know, a few hundred or few thousand troops to do what Littlefinger bids. Like, it's just I have a hard time believing that he's that. So there's probably going to come a point where like, yeah, you have all this title on paper, you have all this money on paper. And then when it comes time, all it's going to have evaporated because you don't have the loyalty of the men under you. Yeah, so but he's good at he's good at twisting reasons why people should do things and as long yeah. as he gives them the reason of why they should be doing why they should call their banners you know whether it's a fake threat or you know it's not him they're marching they're marching for lord robin you know or they're marching for sansa the new lady of the Vale. and you know he's he's i think he'd find a way around it's that like, because he, we know the royces are not particularly bright you know in, especially in the uh in the books or excellent counterpoint greg thank you you got it so much for wardeness of the north though <sighs> yeah <laughs> it's coming <laughs> Yeah, we'll see with that. Um, but first, let's go to the reintroduction of Olena Tyrell, the Queen of Thorns. She has arrived at King's Landing, ready to Woo! to kick ass. She, of course, we get this brief this brief interlude where we see her approaching the city. Uh, they stop for some unexplainable reason. She opens. Did the they door. stop because she said stop? That's- yes. <laughs> She's like, why did we stop? <laughs> 
And she, of course, smells the city from that far away. And, and then she arrives, talking to first Marjorie, kind of like getting a game plan ready. She'll she'll handle this. She goes to Cersei, tries to find a way out of the situation. But as Cersei has been doing this whole time, she deflects all involvement and is not interested in, in, in uh, doing anything. Cersei came out on top here, right? Like, I'm yeah. not crazy. Well, she came out on top in terms of like getting one. She, she got one up over Elena temporarily, but in the long run. Right. <laughs> she pissed up the Tyrells. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, and she's like, going to get nailed by the faith anyway, so. Yeah. She doesn't know that yet. Yeah. I can't Mar- just wait for the cut scene to Elena when that happens because it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> but, but Elena, I just love how they're showing how much Cersei is trying to fill her father's shoes, you know, sitting at his desk, writing his papers. And like Elena just sees right through that and she knows it's just. There's no, she knows what she's doing, but she has to play along with it, even though she tried just to cut to the chase. We do have that yeah. moment back in like season four where Tywin expressed to Cersei the grave importance of maintaining the Tyrell alliance because they're the only ones who can match them in terms of resources. So they need them. Yeah. And, uh, and apparently they have gold and the Lannisters have no gold. Yeah, so. and the Lannisters have nothing. So Cersei is not heeding that advice. When I looked at the scene, and I'm not sure if this will make sense the way I have it written in my notes, but to me, Olena Tyrell is kind of representing the old school of how politics in Westeros should work under normal circumstances. But things have gone so crazy and sideways. You know, you can just say, A, with Cersei in control, she's not exercising power in like a traditional way. And B, with the faith increasingly beyond the control of anyone in King's Landing as is represented in the next scene. Like, Olena comes in and plays her cards like she's supposed to, and Cersei just ignores her, it foolishly, I think, from most people's point of view, and then the Faith outright arrest her two grandchildren, which is unprecedented as far as we know, right? Yeah. So she does everything right, and we can sit there and be like, yeah, this is exactly what you should do, and then she's confronted with the situation has completely changed and is unpredictable now beyond all reason. Yeah, I buy that. And I think that that is like kind of with what Michal is saying, that, that Olena is definitely off her guard with her interaction with Cersei and with this whole thing with the faith. This is not what she expected. This is not how it should have played out. So she's definitely, you know, she's not in control this time around. I, I don't remember who said it, but somebody commented on one of the things I was listening to or reading that um, part of this reason might be because Elena just couldn't imagine that Cersei would be so stupid as to actively, you know, the reason that the Tyrells and the Lannisters have an alliance is because they both hate each other's guts, but we're like, well, we're better off this way. And she just couldn't fathom that Cersei would not continue that, that she would let her own pettiness and anger get in the way of, of of peace basically and you know cersei thinks that just because she's getting out on a technicality like i didn't arrest your son you have no reason to be mad at me like does she actually think that the tyrells would still continue their alliance where it's so clear that she's the one responsible for everything that's going down or are they bound by some rule like well, it's the pact is signed so we've got to stick with it because it's the mm-hmm. faith not cersei that seems like a real kind of uh, thin argument that she's or thin ground she's standing on well, I think she just doesn't think the the Tyrells dare to go against the Lannisters, <sighs> even She's, though yeah. it's clearly at this point the Tyrells are much more powerful than the than the Lannisters. They were at the beginning of this episode. But yes, but in terms, still in terms of actual like money, military. Maybe it's the fact that that she's been dealing with Mace so long that she kind of has has lost sure. her impression <laughs> of Tyrells. Yeah, as as a force mm-hmm. to be reckoned with. 
I'll buy that. I'm still waiting for just uh, Randall Tarley just to bust in the door one day and save <laughs> you know save all the all the Tyrells. Be like, all right, I'm here. <laughs> I'm gonna That's where this is going. Queen Olenna brings in Tarly to be uh, a commando, and he's gonna fight for Sir Gregor in single combat and kill him with Heart's Bane. <laughs> so that's how it's gonna go down. Yay! But it's just Sam with like old makeup on. <laughs> oh Let's go ahead and move to the final bit we get in King's Landing, uh, the Holy Inquest. That is, of course, going to be perfectly harmless for the Tyrells. We have Loris being questioned, and Marjorie as well as to whether or not he did anything. The Faith would have an issue with. He denies all potential. You know, he did nothing wrong, and, and Marjorie backs up that point. But then Oliver uh, is brought to the stand, and he, you know, testifies that he did have intimate relations with Loris, citing the Dorn wine shape or the wine colored Dorn shaped birthmark. Turns out that was pretty important. <laughs> I, and, I can't and, imagine why. Yeah, the Sparrow says that this will be enough to to have a full trial, and both Loris and Marjorie are arrested because, of course, she lied in sight of, of gods and men. Can't do that. Okay, did anyone find it weird that they didn't ask Loris to produce the birthmark? No, it's just I assume an they do that later. It's just an inquest. <laughs> They'll do that in the trial. Yeah. Oh yeah, but now they're arrested, and then Marjorie's like, "Who put her at the scene of the crime?" Besides, you know, Olivar. <laughs> But also, the, the birthmark is the smoking gun we're supposed to believe, right? Like, yeah. Well, for sense. Loris and Olivar, but nothing places Marjorie there. <laughs> Just the no, idea that she not. lied, though, which is yeah. kind of cheap. Like, I, I think that's kind of a weird reason to be a prisoner. I didn't think Marjorie was going to get imprisoned also. That wasn't what I thought was going to happen, but I guess this is their reason for for her also I mean, being in trouble. Wouldn't a squire help, help put armor on and see a birthmark on a back anyway? Like, it's not like he said it was on his butt or something. It was very high up on his thigh. Yeah. <laughs> when he was putting on, passing his codpiece. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was right on the dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It did seem a little flimsy, for sure. And I guess this is showing, you know, how willing the, the faith are to not necessarily have a fully fair trial or fully fair, you know assessment of the situation they'll take whatever evidence they can get like does it rely on evidence i i i almost feel right. like that's what you I'm know it's not it's not like this is like you can't you can't claim you can't throw out the evidence you know you can't say like oh well you can't like like the tyrells can't produce like a manservant or whatever who's going to be like i also knew about that you know, whatever, and I d- also totally saw Loris having sex with all these women. You know, so <laughs> you know, it, it does. I think it's really just, you know, it is flimsy, but but it's almost supposed. It, to Yeah, this be. is not our legal system, right? This no. they're not going to be, you know, meticulous, and and maybe our legal system is not huh. as well. But yeah, I mean, they're using this to back up what they already wanted to do and know and have done to a certain extent. So right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Loris's sexuality is a public secret in King's Landing, so all they need is the any amount of real evidence to support what they want to prove anyway. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Loris himself said that. He's like, yeah. everyone knows, right. you know, in the first episode, and it was like, yeah, everyone knows. Hearsay <laughs> and conjecture are forms of evidence, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll accept <laughs> <To> that. religious <laughs> fanatics. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, where did the High Septon get his law degree, though? I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> he studied at oh. the University of Phoenix or the, when he was... Uh, <laughs> okay. he, he printed it off from Jamaica. Or no, where did, uh, where did Better Call Saul... Ameri- American Samoa, that's where he got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That'd be Last Light, I guess. That'd be like the Summer Islands or something. Yeah, Last Light. So it comes to the question is, Oliver seemed really happy to be testifying. And I think, Zach, you mentioned something. Was Littlefinger behind his, his, uh, you know, seemingly very willful and uh, smarmy testimony in front of the inquest? It runs a little bit contrary to the novels, right? Because Littlefinger is the architect of the Tyrell-Lannister alliance, and Varys well, is the one who tries to fracture that alliance. Well, well, yes. I mean, for he, he, he formed us the, the alliance at first to win favor with, with Tywin, right? Sure. Well, it was in his interest. And, but now Tywin's dead. Yeah. This alliance is now... Well, this will certainly lead to him. into <laughs> chaos. So. That's right. Which is the ladder. Ladder. <laughs> That's three punches on your chaos card for this episode, Sam. <laughs> I don't know what happens when you get ten. Uh, but in terms of the Oliver thing, yeah, I think that it would be very strange for him to have done this without some kind of outside motivation because it, I don't see this ending well for him. Unless well, yeah, he him admitting kind of that he's a he fornicator and a buggerer also doesn't doesn't help him at it all. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't seem like the faith would offer plea bargains like he's red on this guy. We'll let you off the hook. Yeah. Did anyone else <laughs> no, notice that uh, he was dressed all in blue? Isn't he always? I when noticed. That make it? <laughs> I don't know what we'd make. Well, of that. I mean, like the blue bard thinking he was going to be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I thought that, but the fact that they didn't beat him up, like I don't think that's where it's because what would they have to torture him now for? Like he already said his stuff. For fair point. Did, Just for the hell of it. I don't know. Wait, is the blue bard tortured by the faith or by? Kyburn, who's to torture that torture? yeah. Kyburn, so he would have to end up with him somehow. Kyburn, haven't seen him in a couple episodes. Yeah, 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 I wonder what he's doing. Do you think Varys <laughs> is ever going to pop up again, or his plots or something will just start coming to? He's just still in Valand. No, no he's in the perfect that? position to literally pop up where he pops up in the books, and that yeah. that would take everybody by surprise. If he literally shows up to kill Kevin after all this goes down, that'd be freaking amazing. They need to haul last though to get that by ten. Oh no, it might not be like this uh, this season when that happens in the in the shows. I think we're gonna get the beginnings of Cersei being put on, you know, being put on trial herself next episode. Then we're gonna get like it actually happening, you know, like the Walk of Shame and everything happening in the next episode. And then we'll have Kevin showing up. I think it'll it'll work out. Yeah, I mean, and somehow like Marjorie and and Loras have to get off the hook or something because imagine all three of them are being held and and. Tom then just does nothing. Like I, I couldn't, those, I couldn't those see that. Kingsguard are going to get some to show to, to use their swords soon. I, I have a feeling. Where are the gold? They've drawn them Come six on. times. You got to use them once. I kind of <laughs> feel like the Tom in action is not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, what do you guys think? Where do you think it's going to end? Do you think we're going to actually get like the trial by combat and all that this season? This season? Yeah. Probably oh, not. I think so. Ooh, no. Well, I, don't think I think so. we might. Gregor, we might. What's the point of hinting at all that stuff? They've got to show that. They can't. Well, maybe they'll show change. him walking around. Maybe they won't have them fight yet. No, like, that's got to come to fruition. That's been a long lead sure. up to, to that payoff. They've got to have that payoff. That's where I start there, to wonder there where is the no space other is. payoff in King's Landing. There true. is nothing else. True, true. You know? Maybe like the final scene, like Kyburn visits Cersei in the cell and is like, I found your champion, my queen. And then creepy Frank and Gregor's there, and it's like, okay, this is He's weird. Well, that's what they do in the book, right? That's how kind of we've been cliffhangered in the book. Yeah, I could see that being the last scene of this episode. Like, oh, I have a champion for you, and you know, Robert Strong just like showing up, shambles up. Yeah, that would be pretty. Yeah. I think I could. Buy I think that. it'd be a really cool visual, especially if he's like bigger than the doorway or something. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Right. We'll know once we get the title of the 10th episode. It's like they're intentionally holding that back. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be called Ungregor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's Gregory. Return of Let's go ahead and move to everyone's favorite part of the episode. Uh, Exciting, riveting. Dorn. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Yeah, there's two parts to be worried about. Pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> but yeah, we get Dorn here. This exciting moment where, for, first of all, we get Jamie and Braun approaching. Braun, which is probably the only nice part of this whole thing, gets gives us a little Dornishman wife's, Dornishman's wife action. We don't get to hear the ending, though, but we get to hear his lovely singing voice. You guys know which lines he didn't sing, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, he says this song really is all about the ending, and that's that's meta commentary on oh, the whole. Oh, oh yeah, oh. Uh-huh. so dead. We get this moment with Myrcella and Tristane, uh, you know, walking around as it seems like they've been doing. I just, I just in my head, they've been just walking around this whole time in the water garden. <laughs> Do you call her Myrcella? What is it? Mer- Mer- is that Mer- wrong? Myrcella. Sorry. Mer-Sella. I don't know why I do that. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <My vibes>. <laughs> <laughs> any any thoughts on this little bit before we move on? Oh, the acting was dreadful. Mm. Did they literally just introduce these two characters? Like they hired they they had to hire a new actress for Marcella. Yeah, Are they just yeah. there to be to to be pretty? Because the lines they say are, yeah, I could say those lines. It's like a high school, you know, the backseat of a car, of a, of the you know pickup truck sort of thing, right? Like, uh, yeah. what kind of pickup truck did you have that had a backseat? You don't have a crew cab? Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much more comfortable. They had water gardens in the yeah. bed. <laughs> it was just a weird conversation, though, right? It was like Tristane is comes across as really creepy. Oh, my love, we're going to get married. She's like, oh, Beautiful I don't person. know if we're going to get married. We're not supposed to get married yet. I don't know what to do. And just why are you even having this conversation? You're, you know, the whole reason why they weren't married in the first place was because she was too. She was a child. They were both children in the book. If he and Doran is. We have that tiny little scene of Doran in his second appearance in the entire season. And he's like, those two will bring peace to the realm. And this will not end badly. You <laughs> that was weird. Uh, it was cool to see Doran again, but I don't know. It's just that moment was, it didn't feel right to me. I felt, I guess, just in a conver- like an intimate conversation between him and his, his bodyguard. I just don't see him acting that way. It's just yeah. a really well, maybe cheesy Marcelo's Romeo not, and Juliet. It is maybe so Mar- and so Romeo and Juliet. And I, I just, I... Like even just from this part, like I didn't, I didn't get it. You know, something that's so appealing about Marcella in the books is that she is very intelligent, yeah. and like she's clearly the most intelligent of the three. And you know, here it's just, it, you know, swoon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Jamie's here to rescue yeah, us. We get Jamie yeah. and Braun arriving. <laughs> they just ride in. They just show up, show no, up. not a concert at all, and they're just like, hey, Marisol, it's me, Jamie Lannister. I'm get you out of there. No security in this place, except for later. Every time I saw him, like when they had their, you know, like the veils on, and they were, it, it looked like the scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights with Achu and, and uh, Blinken when they were dressed up as, as the Abe movie. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. You say Abe Lincoln, but no, but I couldn't take it seriously at all. But then when it shows them, because they've kind of got the similar like turbans and everything, it was just it was just too silly. Yeah, the costuming is definitely supporting the the, the silliness of all this. I find the Sand Snakes like their costume is bizarre. Why are they all wearing a uniform? You know, like (laughs) like the interesting thing of them of them as characters is that even though they have one father, like they're all really distinct from each other. That they have Mm. this thing in common. 
And when they all dress in this like brown snake leather armor, they all just look the same. Except like, ooh, they each have a different weapon. They're to- like they're totally interchangeable. I couldn't tell who was doing what during the actual combat scene. Obarasan really wants you to know she's Obarasan, though. <laughs> she's that could the be the answer. Daughter of Obaran. Wait, yeah. who is she the daughter? Obaran, <laughs> Martell. Why did they put up their face masks when they went out to fight? It's not like no one knows who they are, and they're right. especially not in uniform. Maybe because they yeah. unleashed a poison in the air. Oh, some <laughs> airborne poison. <laughs> To kill Marcella and Tristan. <laughs> I wouldn't so put dumb. it past them. <laughs> Why do they knock out Tristan? Because he pulled his sword. Yeah. yeah. Pull- okay, but just uh, it was just like a dumb thing. And then it's, Marcella, calm down. He's unconscious. Like, chill. Don't worry. You know? We're totally in your best interest here. Yeah, I can see why she was reasonably reluctant to follow them there. <laughs> but of course, that gives the Sand Six the time to arrive and, and battle begins uh, between these two. But they are eventually, before they can really achieve anything except for one small cut on Braun. Oh, Arihuta arrives to to uh, take care of all this nonsense. Arrests both parties, and they also get Alaria too, who's hiding down in some weird place. Oh, that was maybe the worst of it. How she just like yeah. sent them away and like stayed behind. And yeah, then, like, I was like, oh, stand around here. Yeah. And again, they're doing this in the middle of the day, and <laughs> yeah. like have clearly been there just... for long enough to like change and whatever. And like, I'm, okay. Mm. I got. I got. I got to say something. Do it. I. I. I'm not the biggest fan of the Dornish plotline in the books. I don't really care about the Sand Snakes. They're not my favorite. I was okay with like, okay, fine. You want to make them all fighters, like, fine. But they are literally all the the same character, like you guys said. And then in the fight, they don't even do that well. Like that's I, I I don't care about action. I don't watch this stuff for action. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was literally like, all right, guys, wave your weapons around and jump up and down a few times. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We'll we'll edit it in post. Like that yeah. was the. I don't yeah. do not understand. Like you uh, went all the way to Spain. You mm-hmm. spent all this time like making these three like distinct. They, it's like they spend more time on their distinct. weapons than they, than they did <laughs> yeah. on on the on the damn characters. You know, Three distinct and, weapons. You could have yeah. cast one person and just do some CG. Yeah. Right. God, what if they were triplets? Actually, and and you have the you have the element of surprise, and you like, I'm gonna whip his hand and let him know I'm here. With the whip. That what's? Yeah, it's cool for like a second, but what? Does have whip? I mean, aside from Indiana Jones, and even then, he had to use the pistol. There's a gun out. too. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whip is. If more they had a like gun, a, this would have been really different. The whip just gets out away. Just <laughs> I mean, martial artists like martial artist choreographer, martial art choreographers are not that difficult to hire you can find one in china in hong kong most of them are unemployed these days because it's the, the hong kong cinema industry is kind of broke i can't do any i can't i can't i can barely run <laughs> i just imagine we have this whole scene and then we cut to the the, the outlook that doran has and you're just being like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> that actually would be a really great <laughs> yeah. shame they didn't do that like, oh, yeah, i, I think down. i think we need guards down there i'm not sure <laughs> Like, like, <laughs> I guess go deal with this. I don't. <laughs> They'll knock themselves out with their own weapons. <laughs> and 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 the, the show has been okay. I mean, like you know, the mountain and the viper, like that was a great. Yeah, that's scene. a good fight. Yeah. And and yeah. and 
I just don't. I mean, to me, I, I, I'm going to pull out my like writing school, grad school stuff. The problem is not even with with. Oh boy, this. here comes the masters. Underlying. <laughs> Shut up. Got a degree. Pay <laughs> attention. Trying to become doctors. Of, of the scene and of the characters and of what is going on, which is completely erroneous. And I don't care if it's different from the book. Make it different from the book. That's fine. But it doesn't operate on its own logic. And yeah, that is no. why none of this is making sense. And why I think everybody is like, "What the fuck are you doing down in Dorne?" And you were not helping this plot line. And now I'm like, I cannot wait to read George's door again. And My Marcella didn't even lose an ear. So that was BS. She could stand with a dose of reality. This Marcella, she kept talking. And I was like, yep, you're inbred. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Ouch. Come on. Why, yeah, why did they recast her? Yeah, I mean, well, they had to looks- kiss. She had to kiss Tristane, so that makes the sense. Other, well, the, yeah, other the other actress, girl, I think she yeah. just found out when, like, when they announced it. Right? She's yeah. like, oh, I guess I'm being recast. I can't see the new Marcella without thinking about the old Marcella, who's sad that she's not in the show anymore. Yep, kind of ruins the moment. Yeah, but maybe she's happy she doesn't have to say those stupid lines. No. <laughs> I really dodged a bullet there. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not on yeah. Game of Thrones anymore. I'm sure that's exactly what she's saying. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I, I, I really paycheck. didn't like that paycheck. <laughs> I just feel like they've wa- they wasted too much of the viewer's time in mm-hmm. getting us here if that was the payoff. You know, if they if this just goes down like it does in the books, I mean, it's got to be different because Jamie's there. You know, that's going to be yeah. different then. Right. But like, it, it, it's, it just fizzled well. out and it just, it seemed, it's just anticlimactic and. And, and laughable, and, and I agree. We're just not used to that that to them like failing in that aspect. When yeah. these scenes happen, you're, you expect it to be awesome. It's all bad, Julius. boring filler that's not entertaining. And, and well, where where do we think it's going next? Right. Like, like what? Yeah. Like, what, what can they do with Jamie? Like, does what? he somehow escape? But Braun doesn't. But like, I mean, or they? Well, Braun's gonna die because he's poisoned. Like, so that's, he got, that's yeah, how Braun's the, going. The nice. I'm worried that, that the show is going to waste Prince Duran like they did Mance Raider. Like, I, 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 I understand that why would be that happened. awful. Well, what's he gonna do? He doesn't have more plans to be. We're gonna get revenge for him blood. He's not sending anybody to Danny. Yeah, it's nope. really, we, it's really disappointing because I like him a lot. Like, I really like Alexander Siddig's Doran, but they're just they're not doing well. So we get to our final bit in the episode at Winterfell, where we have Sansa preparing for her wedding to Ramsay. She, uh, she's in her room. Miranda arrives, offers to to bathe her for the proceedings to follow, and she accepts. Uh, Miranda tells the stories of the various uh, past lovers that Ramsay has had, and he, she warns her that because of these stories, that she should not make him bored. Uh, Sansa is having none of that. She says that, or she first calls her out that 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 uh, Miranda is in love with Ramsay and says that that she identifies this attempt to you know intimidate her, and says that she cannot do that not here in her home in Winterfell. Well, I I really enjoyed the scene with Miranda. I <laughs> I was like, yay, Sansa, you're being strong. That's awesome. Yeah, it was wrong now. It yeah. was nice that she didn't have to show her strength by getting out of the bathtub like Mel- Melisandre and Danny, which is the thing they like to do. Like, I, you can't scare me. I'm getting out of here naked. So they didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, the way Sansa turns the tables on Miranda is pretty stunning. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to result in physical violence, but the way she like undressed her with words was way better and kind of reveals Sansa's growing strength as a character. Well, at least for a minute. Yeah. Yep. 
And the, the scene was fun was fun at the time when I was watching it. In hindsight, it just seems horrible how they they think this is enough to be to make Sansa seem like a hardened woman. And this, this is Brian Cogman's own words. Thank you. Yeah, because all she's doing literally is just upbraiding people whose social positions way lower than her. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to watch her stand up to a bully, I guess. But but when paired with what comes next, yeah, yeah, it's like this is the victory that you guys gave Sansa. This this one, it's you know, it's all like this kind of thing is only. Victory. Well, well it mean, is the victory in this episode. I mean, this is the only. This is the only victory. Like, th- well, no, sorry. This is only a victory mm-hmm. in the context of Sansa's other behavior and and the other things that happened to her. You know, at the time. Like being said, this seems like a victory because it's like, oh, Sansa is like standing up for herself in Winterfell. She's like not going to let these people by which you I mean, I'm not the only one. Right. Like, I don't know if I was thinking about it that broadly at the time, but like her standing up to Miranda to me seemed to telegraph that she would in some way stand up to Ramsay. Mm-hmm. And and then that is not the case. So we do get that moment where she is dressed for the wedding in her in her wedding dress and Theon comes to, to deliver her to the godswood. Uh, she will not take his arm, uh, but she does go with him there. And uh, we get the wedding scene there in the godswood with Bruce and and Theon exchange, uh, what do you call it? I guess the vows, I don't know what you call it, but yeah, like the, the wedding words are exchanged and it's pretty loose in the north you know yeah. they don't have <laughs> they just, ceremony. It. <laughs> is this the first old like, gods wedding we've seen <laughs> uh yes. first northern yeah because we do get the one with talisa and rob but, but that was that's that was not a really seven. northern that was a fave for seven yeah. right yeah which is weird but whatever but yeah we we do get that since a reluctant at first does accept ramsey as her husband so any thoughts on this this bit also i didn't pick it up the first time but uh theon is actually wearing rob's old clothes <laughs> wow. is more oh. of a which is oh my god Makes it even more twisted, but uh, I thought that was pretty Did interesting. He? Yeah, he's wearing like Rob's, you know, with the it's cross like guard and the, you know, the cloak that he had on. We'd seen him in that before. And Sansa, her, uh, the like buttons on her thing were her mom's old uh, Tully fish pendants. It was so interesting seeing Theon, you know, like finally like looking like Theon a little bit more than and then Reek. I thought that that was an interesting like just visual thing. Uh, though he does, it does look manufactured. It looks fake, right? Like yeah. it doesn't look like he's actually yeah. Theon again. But yeah, the wedding looked beautiful, well shot, and amazing to Snow look at. If it wasn't for all those Boltons, it would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a great, yeah. wasn't a great turnout, huh? No, it was no. like two vague faces you could kind of make out in the background of who could have been anyone else, but yeah, not seemed kind of like on the secret side. Well, are we supposed to assume that there are other Northern Lords here, like there are at this time in the book? Like, do we think that there are oh, other sure. people? Do Boltons actually have? people who want to support them now in the show i don't know I, I i would assume they would have to if they have some kind of army they would have to have some i guess maybe they just have like their own forces uh, i don't know they don't have well, manually or anything so. yeah in the shows like the viewers just know that there's those starks there's the boltons and there's Stan. like that's it and, the stannis yeah i think they if they were going to bring in white harbor and everyone else the Sirwins and the you know everyone who's at each other's throats and that they would have done it by now but sure, just, yeah they just we, they can't i understand that they yeah can't. we don't need that yeah they know the Mormons. Right, but they're not there. No. They're really, not. aside from the phrase and the Boltons, the show has never been very good at displaying vassal houses for anyone. It's mm. and and for good reason. It just makes sense. You don't need to confuse the audience any more than necessary, I suppose. All right. So yes, yeah, so we get this final scene. I'm not going to describe it in detail because it makes me physically ill to do so. Uh, in the <laughs> bedchamber where we have uh, you know, 
consummating the marriage. Uh, Sansa is reluctant to take off her clothes, so Ramsay rips them off. Theon will stay, Reek will stay to watch the act, and, and he, he does he does begin to rape her. We don't see it, we see Theon's perspective, uh, and, you know, we have the sound, and then we cut to black. So, yeah, this is, of course, the big controversial scene of the episode. Lots of opinions on this. Lots of stuff that, that people have begun to say about this. So I just want to go through everyone's thoughts individually before we jump into maybe some you know talking points and just a, an open forum discussion, just so I, everyone can have their say. Uh, so just everyone's just general brief thoughts on this, starting with you, Greg. I kind of mentioned it before, but my initial reaction was, of course, horror and just feeling sick, but kind of made me f- feel that I short shrifted the character of Jane in the books because I didn't, I, it was awful. Like when you read it for the first time, but seeing it on the screen, of course is, is much more of a visceral reaction, but I kind of felt ashamed that I wasn't this angry that it happened to Jane 10, 15 times in the book that it happened to Sansa once. And on top of that, it just, for me, like the whole spoilers, Oh God, is this going to mean it's going to happen to Sansa? Then my mind started going down that road, which I've kind of stepped back from, but I felt that they had to show it because they had to show that Ramsey Ramsey is wasn't going to change even for this, and and he is as bad as as he, we think he is. And because the whole episode, they were showing how they were dropping hints at how maybe he might, you know, Sansa might be able to control him, or you know, she stood up to Miranda so she can stand up to stand up to to Ramsey. And the fact that that didn't happen, I guess that's why they did it. I mean, otherwise, I don't know why they did it. And I, I know there's all sorts of reasons out there, but. I hope they didn't just show it as a reason for like the jumping off point for Sansa and Theon to join together to get out of Winterfell because they didn't need to do that if that was the case. They already knew that they were both in an awful position. Uh, you, Matt? So uh, I feel like this show has made everything very compelling to us and this is not a good scene and I don't think it's not an unnecessary scene because we saw... Daenerys basically raped on her wedding night in season one and yes book readers threw up a storm because in the book it was like very consensual and and very kind but we do see that happen on her wedding night in season one and the fact that people are up in arms I, I, I just think that it's just because we've gotten to know Sansa and seeing this like we know that a wedding needs a bedding, and so, yeah, so after the rewatch, that's kind of where I am. It's not good, but... Sure. Mm. You think? Right. I mean, there, there are many ways I've thought about this since I've watched that scene, and I'm not going to rewatch it again, ever again. First is, is the, I mean, I've said, I said it during Kraken Cast when during the Cersei rape scene in last season. It's not that I'm against having rape at all in any form of media I consume, but you need to be really responsible when you use this. And and I do and there has to be a, a very firm purpose to which you use it for. I don't know. I I really don't know if they if they they ever fought hard about this choice. The, the and not just oh there was a rape. It's the little things. It's the decisions to focus on Fionn's eyes in horror at the very end and the screens from Sansa that, that actively disturbs people. And I really don't see how this, how they couldn't change, they couldn't just make subtle changes if they want to say that this is Sansa making a decision 
as a strong woman to, to, to show that she has she's she's playing she's actually showing any form of agency in this scene well i mean I, I, there, there, are, there are ways to do it and i just don't know why i didn't, didn't think about doing it other than they just didn't and you steve so i kind of approach this scene from uh a couple of different angles and one of them is uh i watch the show along uh, not with but you know kind of in conjunction with a lot of my friends right we'll talk we'll text each other we'll talk on twitter and whatnot and none of us have discussed this scene and i think the reason for that is is it's all very painful and the closest parallel i can come is when i've had i i, I know people and i'm friends with people who have been victims of crimes of this nature and everyone feels horrible and everyone feels angry and no one wants to talk about it ever. So I, I think what previous people have said about we're connected to Sansa because we've been watching her on TV for five years and we've been reading about her in books for however many hundreds of pages. So we are essentially the Theon is a surrogate for the audience in this scene, right? Like we are we are being victimized in a different way in this scene. And I did rewatch it. Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and it is perhaps worse on a second viewing because you know what's going to happen. And the audio in that scene is horrific. It is so troubling. But yeah, I'll just leave it there for now. Okay. And you, Adam? I'll just say briefly, I, I felt it was unnecessary, especially given everything they've done with her character, especially the scene that happened to, you know, two scenes before this. Um, it just, it didn't fit. And I can't, I can't see any way that they're going to make it right. Or they would make it worth worth it, or it just—it seems like they did it because that was just that was just the idea that was in their head, and they said, "Well, that's what we do, right?" But yeah, m- mostly I, I hate when stuff like this happens because you have to listen to all the people saying that you know, oh, it's the same as Jane, or it's the same as Danny, or in in. <laughs> I don't because they were completely different characters in a completely different situation, mm-hmm. and you just to take Sansa after what they've done, making her, uh, you know. A, a better character i think than we've gotten in the book so far and to do this it just yeah i mean it, it, how hard would it have been to do to do something that would have made this work a little bit better like i don't know it just it felt like they didn't try and they don't care to try yeah i don't know i didn't like it and michael i mean where, like where do you start like i i feel i mean you guys know how long have i been defending this show mm-hmm. uh, almost since season one right and defending it in in controversial moments as well. And I've like, I personally made a decision to write off the Jamie Cersei rape scene because they somehow continue to say that that was not their intention in the scene, even though in retrospect, they just must be all fucking morons. But, you know, they have said that they uh, have planned this scene or this plot line for Sansa since season two. And it's like, Okay, so, all right, fine. But when you look at Game of Thrones, and I, 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 I'm not alone here, Game of Thrones uses rape as... Last season, it was actually set dressing in Craster's Keep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is... I mean, overused is not even, you know is not even a relevant word because it, it happens so frequently and so ubiquitously um, and with such evil. And if you are going to have a show in which, like, this time, okay, you know, we're, we're supposed to have this very m- meaningful and um, 
moving reaction to Sansa being raped. And if you're going to have, and which by the way, those words are still like, does not compute in my head, Sansa raped. Like I don't, yeah. But if that's what you're going to do, then it is your responsibility to build a show in which that will be the case, you know, and that's not the case. Nobody's saying, or not nobody, but people aren't shocked per se because like, you know, oh my goodness, they're like, this was such a, a tense plot line build up and how could this happen to Sansa? Like, obviously, how could this ha- happen to Sansa? It's a huge part of it. But most people's reaction is, again, again, you're doing this again? You're going to the same well? The sa- And don't tell me it's not the same well. It is the exact same well. Like, they, 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 like they couldn't possibly think of anything else to happen and like there are so many other things that could happen there are other ways to hurt people there are other ways in which Sansa has been hurt this is so not necessary for her development for Ramsey for literally for everything and like I don't even like I don't care that it was tasteful like like it's almost like like saying that it was tasteful and of course yeah sure it was physically tasteful you know yes of course it's a tragedy because we're seeing a man cry about this but like that that's like saying that like you know um that that's like lying to that's like Jamie lying to to Joanna or not to whatever the aunt um, and to Jenna Lannister and saying like oh yeah um Cleo's fright died well you know, it's like, it's a lie. And even if it was, if it was true, it wouldn't matter. So, you know, I, I, you know, and I have different feelings on different rape scenes that the show has portrayed before. I'm, I'm actually not so against Danny's because that begins her plot line on a very specific down point from which she can move up. But Sansa is at, like, this, this was it, right? This what did we have like two episodes ago? Littlefinger being like, "Hey Sansa, you know you can you're gonna control Ramsay if if it if it doesn't if Stannis doesn't win and mm-hmm. like and do we even get her starting to do that? Do we even get her saying, "Let's have a cup of wine"? No, no. We, literally, it's it's just Ramsay raping her. That is just what this is. And the lack of creativity and the lack of respect and the lack of understanding of what this actually means, like, this isn't a word. The, rape is not rape is not a, 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 a sparkle that you can just throw in a picture. It's not gloss on something. It's something that you have to take seriously, and the show does not take it seriously. The show pretends to take it seriously and continues to, to reap all of the disgusting, sensational benefits from it. And I am, I feel deeply, deeply betrayed and deeply hurt that they would go to this point and, and to do this to this character, to do this at all, but to do this to this character. And if you want me to talk about why it's different from Jane, I will, but I've been talking for like five minutes so somebody else can take over. No, go on. Okay. Well, I mean, Jane, first of all, I mean, I, I have never actually had that problem of like, oh, people don't care what happens to Jane. No, I care deeply what happens to Jane. Jane Poole is one of the reasons why it's very hard for me to actually reread the series. I, I know what happens to her throughout that, and it is so horrific and disgusting. Um, but like, but still from a plot and from, from, from what it does and from what it offers George, like George wouldn't have done this if this was Sansa. 
Like, right? Because that gives you more mm. options because you have a point of view character because you have a character who's in the middle of the scene who's the focus. You know, Jane is fundamentally both because she's actually worthless of herself and because she is not a major character, she doesn't have that weight in the story. Whereas Sansa has all of that. Sansa gives you all of the reasons to change this plot line that that is why you know and then oh god okay brian cogman right like in that stupid interview where you know where ew was like how could you do this to sansa and blah and he gave his like stupid ass reasons and and then like they were like oh well you know um um in the in the books you know it's like is it it's much worse like with you know like the dogs and stuff and apparently Cogman was like horrified and like oh no no we would never do that and it's like oh I'm sorry like will you might forgive us for being slightly confused about where the line is in this show because you have never mm-hmm. ever respected a single line ever all right um Paulo do you care to comment follow it up <laughs> I think the show struggled from having the dichotomy between being fun entertainment on the one hand and dealing with such serious matters on the other hand. And when reading the series, I took it as a much darker and heartfelt world than is often portrayed in the series, even though sometimes they do very dark things. But if your world is built like Westeros and the world in the book, it is a terrible place to be a woman. It's a terrible place to be a lot of things. And that's worth delving into if that's what you're going to do. But it's just super jarring when you have light and fun moments and the show is so popular and everybody's doing their fandom and they got their favorite people and they're doing their fun stuff. And then it really shatters your sensibilities when they do such strong transitions and i'm not such a fan of people being like uh, people are on their arc and they're developing and they're developing and then this ruins them just because she was raped she isn't powerless and weak and has no agency and she's has no value she can people keep surviving and keep living and keep developing and strength can be just enduring and finding a way to cope and not you don't have to gain benefits or be empowered or come to new realizations about yourself or about the world. But terrible things happen. People are affected by them. And watching that play out can be a powerful experience for viewers and readers and everybody alike. And I think there's value in art that is very challenging and makes you confront the darkness in humanity and how awful things can be for people. And no, it's not fun or enjoyable. And yes, if Sans is your favorite person and you relate so close to her, then this is really going to hurt and be a, feel like a betrayal. But there is something to be said for that shouldn't be a shied away from. And we, in a world where you're forced to marry for political reasons and they're forced to have betting ceremonies and produce heirs, people aren't going to have happy marriages where they fall in love and a prince rescues them and things work out and sometimes that does happen sometimes that doesn't and just because this is a person we really care about that should drive the point home even more the people other people that we've cared about danny and some people care about and a lot of people care about like cersei being abused and everybody that's been in marriages has had terrible not everybody that's been in marriage that's terrible things happen to them but everybody's life is so broken and confused and just people that find a way to overcome and keep living and keep facing another day there's something to be said for the 
valor in that. But but what else has Santa been doing for the whole season, for the whole series? Like this has been her entire arc. Like mm-hmm. you know, is she gonna get? Is she gonna get pregnant next? Like is she gonna have a, a yeah. miscarriage? Is she gonna get a is, disease? The story like, is unwritten. Her life continues. We find out what happens next. Right, but I'm saying like making this point that like life is hard through Sansa is unnecessary. This point why, has w- been... why should she be exempt from the world? <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't been exempt. I get you, and I think you're right, but I think you're putting it in a difficult position. Like, I totally get you. <clears throat> the fact that, uh, fact of the matter is that some people that are watchers really took offense to this rape scene. And that's perfectly and, legitimate, and I respect that. And if you can't watch, you can't watch. Right. If you don't want to watch, you don't want to watch. But we're not it, not watching. And so I'm sorry, Matt. I just want to say this one thing. Oh no, go ahead. Not, go ahead. It's not that like oh something terrible happened. I can't handle this. You know, like this is what people have been accusing me of on Twitter. Like the second I started writing about this, like oh what do you expect the show to be puppies and rainbows? Like then just don't watch. That is not at all remotely the case. It's that. There's a time and a place, and there's character, and you, and and there's calculations of characters, and again, it's just like this idea that like, oh well, rape is realistic. It's like we get it, we know rape is realistic. That doesn't matter anymore. Like, there's a certain point at which this is not this is not a a like you're they're not using it as a tool. They're using it as a like they're not using it for the story or for Sansa they're using it on Sansa and like that is irresponsible and but, it's like get but it, Theon get got it. his cock cut off yes. for the Theon story like and I would the, argue the, the, that, that the, that scene was also pretty bad oh right? man so, it was so awful. <laughs> but by the way, another dumbass thing that people have been saying, like, oh, but that stuff happened before. Like, you weren't equally as as upset about Theon. It's like, A, I knew that was coming, and B, um, I'm sorry, Theon is an asshole. Like, right. I was very upset about it, but I yeah, don't... Oh, no, I totally but agree. Even, but even when you come across <laughs> totally that stuff agree. in the book, mm-hmm. you kind of have to put it down for a while once you realize yeah. what's going on. of course. Like, I, I read it, and my body was, like, covered in shivers. Like, Here's the thing, though. This is we're talking about reality and like realism and this is the world and such and such. This is this is fiction and I I am a historic I am a history PhD. I guess I'm jumping the gun to call myself a historian. But <laughs> I I I pres- presumably I should hey, be Hey, buddy, you got your doctorate in history. You can call I haven't got a doctorate. Don't curse me. Don't curse me. No, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the thing. His even even history is not about just Re, just recreating the past. You, as historians, what we're doing is uh, trying to uh, weave together narrative and find meanings. And what is so? And in this case, I have to ask: What is what meaning are you trying to derive out of this scene? And what meaning are you trying to portray through this character Sansa? And she is a a character, a fictional character, which you and there's this and she has story arc. And fundamentally, I think this breaks the story arc. But yeah, it shouldn't fictional characters shouldn't, you know, my, my big thing is I always want things to make sense. You know, if you want to ask me to believe in, you know, magic fairies or whatever, you explain it, I will. But when something like this just 
it, it seems to really take Sansa back to season one. It really kind of calls Littlefinger into question. It, it's just not good. I don't know why being raped brings you back to season one. Well, because because, it, because, because you the same exact thing You don't think present-day present Sansa... Time. Time. Sansa <laughs> gained some kind Which of just, powers and immunity? She would just bend over and... I mean, well, there, there was the, no... The other option being fight him you can't say the rape victims shouldn't have done that they should have fought harder that's terrible no, no that's not, that's that, not, that is saying, not remotely the argument the argument is that sansa in this point in her story arc and in what has been built up and has been the whole like oh dark sansa thing like oh you're learning you're so smart blah 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 you learn from the best is like she goes into that room and she takes off her cape and she sits down and she goes you know my lord tell me about yourself you know, and she she starts to talk. I'm not saying she necessarily wins. I'm not saying. But she and, gives an attempt. Right, she tries. Exactly. She tries. Yeah. She Mikhail, say, like, if you thought this had a happy ending, you weren't paying attention. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's it, it, not about the ending. It's about the, 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 the path to get to that, right? And and mm. and she and she, and, she they're, 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 and even, even if she just really can't even pull up the attempt and she just... Completely so, emotionless throughout the whole scene. That even that would be better to at least show that this is really is her choice. And right now, we like, everything around it. Like we only have the show writer saying, "Oh, she she made a choice. She made a choice." Nothing in the show actually suggests that she's making a choice. Weren't they just saying that she made a choice to marry him? Well, but she didn't really. She didn't. Yeah, no, she what was. She didn't. She was forced. Like she Littlefinger was, yeah. literally dragged her over there. And Which shows the disingenuity of the show because they really like. I believe them. They think that they have made Sansa ma- make a choice in that situation when she has been brought there against her will, has been betrothed against her will for the third time, and is now you know mm-hmm. in the Godswood, surrounded by Boltons, you know, and and like whatever. Well, I think the choice they were they were trying to say that she was making was that she was willing to deal with whatever was going to happen so long as she could get back home to Winterfell. She she took a, a risk is, is how they're trying to paint it. I'm not saying and I agree, what, but I think I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's not the most problematic thing about this, obviously. It's and what happens like, about mm-hmm. all the talk about how her arc is ruined if she ends up, now she she doesn't take, she ends up like killing Ramsay or something and helps Theon escape and saves it's the day. It's not that her arc is ruined, it's that it's that this scene is pressed reset on so much development mm-hmm. that she had. And, and it's not that that can't happen. It's not that like, you know, like let's talk about realism. Obviously people don't always follow like the story arc of the story. Like they don't always do everything right. But in this case, they did nothing at all to, to even like, it's like the dye went out of her hair and she, and she literally was that girl in King's Landing. Like, yep. there were so many similarities between the way she was here and the way... I mean, she was, she was stronger in that scene with Joffrey when, when, you know, when she turned, you know, when she was like, okay, I'm looking at his head, what do you want me to do? And, 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 and it's not just... And it's, and, and it's all also about Ramsey's action, right? Also, yeah, that, I mean, when the Cersei-Jamie thing happened, they, HBO, they spun it as, it wasn't rape, we shot it bad, it was our mistake, correct? Right. And no one said that about this scene, right? No one has said... They've all said, yes, this happened, right? No yeah. one's saying it. It's so... I don't think that would be an out that they could even take. No. No, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, no one's saying it's not rape this time. Well, 
no one with a brain. Well, it's it, it's the betting. Oh, she didn't say no. She didn't say right. no. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I actually had a friend I was talking to earlier and mentioning that scene. And he's like, well, well, was it really rape? I mean, they're married, right? And I... Right, it's <laughs> marital rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally rape medieval rape. logic that you cannot rape your wife. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's going to arrest Ramsey for what he did, like, in that time, but... Yeah, he's like, well, she, she, you know, she took her own clothes off, like, that... Yeah. <laughs> and listen, this was another thing. It was so... It was like, she, she... Again, she had, like, more agency in her marriage to Tyrion. Like, she started taking her clothes off on her own. I have a question that might make the scene perhaps worse from a TV production question. Was the purpose... Was Ramsay's intent in that scene more to punish Theon than to do anything in particular to Sansa? Oh, yeah, the scene was all That's about Theon. That's what it Theon. felt like, yeah. yeah. So, right, so, so even though the scene is, like, clearly about Sansa and our interpretation of it, is it actually about like the two guys in the room, which once again like strips even more agency off of Sansa? I, as I don't personally think so. I think I personally don't think the choice of of focusing like the lens on Theon is like, oh, we're gonna make this about Theon and his redemption. I mean, maybe that's part of it, but I think the big reason for that is they just didn't want to show it, right? Right. They just didn't want to show it. Yeah. Like, and Sansa is still involved in what in our in the portrayal of it in you know the sound we get the auditory aspect and you know mm-hmm. the, the whole idea that. That it's being viewed from the male gaze, I I don't really see it that way personally, um, because I my interpretation of the male gaze, my understanding of it is that it, it is the, it's not literally a man looking at a woman. It is the idea of a masculine archetype, uh, object, objectifying a woman, and I don't think that mm-hmm. that Theon's gaze here is objectifying Sansa. I no, think like you mentioned no. earlier, um, Stephen, uh, he is an audience proxy. He is horrified. We are horrified. And that's just the way they chose to show it. I don't. I don't think that it's it's an, an attempt to wrest away the impact right. from Sansa. I, I'm wondering more. I meant more of Ramsey's motivations. Mm-hmm. I think right? definitely because Ramsey's, his actions yeah. in the scene totally spoke to like, no, Reek, you're gonna stand you there. Watch. You're gonna watch, and I'm doing this to Sansa to punish you for you know whatever infractions he might have committed. Like you didn't walk sure. her down the aisle, like I said. So now you have to watch this. So Sansa is an object, and I mean. Yeah, like he's a rapist. He is treating her like an object. That's definitely what Ramsey's thinking. I don't think that's what yeah. the show creators are thinking. He's think viewing her as a prop or a pawn to be used yeah. as he sees fit, but I don't think they are. I think what See, continues from this scene on will be very important, though, because this, this is this. So this scene, this scene in the books with Jane Poole, the focus is on Fionn and and Ramsey because those are the main characters in that scene. And it's but, literally Theon's point of view chapter. And it's literally Theon's point of view chapter. But Sansa is not Jane Poole. She is a much more important character than both of them in the eyes of, I think, most people. At least the character who's much more sympathetic than those two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so, I'm not the only one, but when I was watching this scene, I thought it was going to conclude with like Theon bludgeoning Ramsay in the head uh, and the two I, of them getting uh, out of there. So one of the, the sort of arguments... Mm. That you know, the whole point of of the people have tried to make about the scene is, oh, this is this is the Game of Thrones, uh, Song of Ice and Fire thing, right? They they challenge fantasy tropes. They do what you do not expect. The Red Wedding, Eddard Stark's execution, etc. Like this kind of thing. And their argument in this case is that we all expected Theon to save the day, and that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And that's you know just the brutal well, reality that they're trying to show. But I I think for, for me. The reason why I disagree with that, and I kind of saw this point, and I kind of, um, why I, well, I, I saw it and I thought that it made sense, is that I was expecting this to happen from the beginning. 
and I, it wasn't a surprise that it happened for me. I, I thought it was what was being built up, and obviously that's terrible. But for me, that shows that it that in their effort to defy tropes, they have created their own. And from a storytelling standpoint, it is cheap and uncompelling to do that. I agree completely. So I don't. I don't think that. I, I I guess I don't even care that much about that because presumably Ramsey was not going to die at this point, which brings me to another another idea, which is you know people keep saying like how can you like how can you object to this blah blah blah. It's like well maybe they could have pushed off the plot line. Like we had multiple episodes without Sansa last season, and she wasn't in the last two episodes of the show, and you know like you could have postponed this a little bit. So oh my goodness, we're about to get married, but Stannis is there, you know anything like that. Going back to the male gaze Theon thing. I don't, I don't think it was their intention to like not make it about Sansa, but I think that that is the practical effect, especially because I think what we're meant to take away from that is like Theon is kind of hitting a decision point, you know, so Sansa's pain is like being used for his heroism. And I'm aware that that's what happens in the book with Jane Poole, but in the book with Jane Poole, he has no actual connection to Jane Poole. Mm -hmm. Like, that part of what makes that, like, beautiful to me, or, like, terrible, but but kind of poignant, is because he decides to have a connection to this girl that Mm -hmm. he really doesn't have to. And it would be much easier not to. I can understand that But in this case, right, I mean, it's it's not male gaze in that, in that, Sense. It's just male gaze in that it's like it's about it, Theon, not about it's right, exactly his reaction and yeah, and Ramsay, yeah. you know, because why does Ramsay keep him there? You know, from a from a story point of view, it's really just like how fucked up is Ramsay? And it's like, gee, I don't know. Tell us again, how fucked up is Ramsay? But then if all of a sudden make him not fucked up, then it's a weird thing. <laughs> Whatever he's doing is fucked up. So, like, not having <laughs> Theon in that room is not going to make this not fucked up. Like, nothing that they would have done would have been like, oh, this is out of character for Ramsey. Like, I'm so, like, and I also, another thing I don't understand is why Ramsey's, like, guys of, you know, oh, I, I swear I'll never hurt her, you know, that guy who was talking to Littlefinger. Like, why mm-hmm. did that guy go away so fast? Yeah. You know? Like, because there's no is, one to see it except for Sansa and Theon, and those are the people that he thinks don't matter. But why does like, and there's also everyone at Winterfell, it, right? and there's there's Bruce. Like th- I'm saying, they didn't have to write it that th- that his that this dropped that fast. They mm-hmm. decided to do that, and they didn't have to make that decision. You know, like that might have been a really interesting scene with like Ramsay, like. I really, really want to rape this girl and cause her physical pain as much as I possibly can, but, like, trying to keep this mask on of whatever, and Sansa trying to be, like, really trying to keep this monster stuffed inside his case right now, you know, that could have been fascinating. By the way, let me say something that I just want to say. I am not saying that I would have been happy no matter what, because it really fucking annoys me that Sansa loses her virginity to to Ramsay Bolton. Mm -hmm. But, But I'm still aware that there are way better ways that they could have done this. So, trivia? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say one final comment about the books and the, 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 the show and the translation thereof? I mean, the books always had a rape problem. 
there, there are there are scenes in which it is gratuitous, right? I think we can all agree. But gratuitous yeah. to what extent? Uh, when the mountains men raped the tavern, exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, but gratuitous yeah. in world or gratuitous as a book? Gratuitous because it it. I think I think obviously well, it's I not think necessary. that a lot Rape of people. I think a lot of people. Yes, I. Uh, the thing is, that is kind of my perspective at this point. That rape, you don't have to show rape, and it's like, oh, what? We can never show rape in a story. No, sure you can, but stop doing that often. Like, if you're going right. to show it three times, show it once, mm-hmm. and like because rape is a massive problem in right. every society in the world, and we mm-hmm. got and, and not just against women by any by any means, mm-hmm. but like we we gotta entertainment has to. Like be like like stop giving me this. Oh well, it's gritty and realistic bullshit. Like start taking a tiny tiny moral stance and maybe just reducing the number of times that you employ this as a story decision. I think they yes. painted themselves or put themselves in the corner a bit with what happened last season. You know, their their more casual use of it last season. I think we would have been more willing to to maybe accept the choice here. Though I still think that there would have been better options. But yeah, I feel like that is really what screwed it up for them because. <laughs> I mean, uh, among the among the uses of, of rape in the show, I think this one is not the worst uh, in terms of just casually throwing you know throwing it off as, as like you say, set dressing for Craster's Keep and mm-hmm. and it just being totally out of character and, and nonsense with Cersei and Jamie. Well, that's the article I wrote that this is that that basically the show has long ago reached a critical mass of its use of rape and mm-hmm. like and like I said before, like if you were planning on doing this. And again, I'm not saying that I would ever personally accept this, but like, there, there, you know, I can objectively see that like building this up to be this one thing. If there had been like, you know, I mean, it it goes back even to to what happens to Roz, you know, which is like massively sexual, and I tried to defend it back then, but like, it, it the show has just reached a point where like, I I can't defend this because you guys are clearly not aware of what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know. It's yep. like you keep coming back to the same. It's like they think it's a blank canvas every year, and it's like no, 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 no. You have used up the rape paint pot. It is empty. You're not allowed to use it anymore. And but they keep send, sending somebody to Michaels to get more more rape. Paint. And and while the show <laughs> certainly does you know show other forms of violence, I think that the distinction between it and the books is is that um, the books do does you know it, I feel like it's more level in this regard. Whereas I think the show does take sexual violence and use it more liberally than the other aspects, you know, like like at this around this point we're getting the broken man speech mm. in the book, and like that that is like a a clear like potent instance of of violence and how it affects people in other ways. Uh, whereas I think the show is, you know, like you've been saying, it's just it's it's used this one avenue too often for for it to make the case that that. It is showing the realistic, the horrors of, of life uh, of this world. I think that it's just, it's too focused on this one aspect. Not that it's not important to show that mm-hmm. along with everything else, but it's just showing that or it's showing that too much. What you said, Mikhail, about how they've used, how, you know, each season basically has had <clears throat> a pretty awful rape scene from a TV TV only, from a casual TV only perspective, like average people who just tune in Sunday nights, turn on. Do you think think that there isn't a percentage of people that for them it is almost a clean slate every season 
Because when I talk to my parents, like, they don't remember much. You know, it's like, oh, but yeah, that guy, that guy. But do you think that's the majority of the viewers or that's just like the super casual viewers? Because I think that might actually be a percentage of the people that don't really remember everything that goes on. Or, you know, I'd like to think that they would remember that scene, you know, that sticks with them. But I think for a lot of people, it is just what they watch. You know, it's we're in this corner of the fandom that is super obsessed with it because it's they've been parts of our lives and the TV show we enjoy for the most part. But I, I think that that might be what they're thinking. Do you think that that maybe they forgot, you know, or maybe we can do this every season because it's it's just a tool. Well, I mean, good. Oh, well, I mean, I I agree. There probably are people like that, and I mean, I I know I'm calling my parents stupid. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. I'm sure your parents are wonderful people. (laughs) I'm not going to make a sarcastic remark right now. Um, Even if you're the one who's abandoning them them to the apocalypse, but we won't go down that road again. Um, I won't go down that road. I told you I'm not going down that road. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you have a massive war rig, you can get there pretty easily. Um, (laughs) I I just think that that's an irresponsible approach to a TV show. I agree, but I'm just trying to brought that up. I'm thinking maybe that is maybe that is what happened. Like, from a fan perspective, sure, but, like, from the people who, like, this is literally their lives and, like, David Benioff looks, like, hilariously, like, ten years older in every behind-the-scenes featurette that we see him in, (laughs) you know. Um, He does. Like, his beard gets longer. His eyes get droopier. He, like, looks like every every season it's like, where am I? Because every season he puts in a rape scene and (laughs) just (laughs) keeps him up at night. And he has amnesia. He has rape amnesia. So he keeps forgetting all of this stuff. Like once you put in the rape, you forget everything else that's happened before. That has a lot. That would go a long way in explaining some of the stuff of this show. I I think the sad truth is that, Greg, you probably hit on something accurate and that most people like don't even recall. Most of the audience doesn't recall, you know, the Craster's Keep, for example, those the women in the background, because it was just, as Mikal put it, set dressing. Right. Uh, Mira is threatened with it, but you know I'm sure people have categorized it somewhere else. And and then even Cersei scene, if it they was remember hotly, Mira at all, <laughs> right? If they re- even yeah. remember who Mira was, and then you add in, you know, Cersei scene was like hotly debated among show watchers. So who knows even what the general audience took away from that? Except for nah, it was who cares? It all fades away because it had no consequences in the show. Yeah. So you have to wonder if this is the first like act of major sexual violence that will stick with the audience but well i mean how many of them even remember ross at this point you know right or danny I mean, right. Like, who do you think most people remember what you brought up about danny on her wedding night from five years ago i don't mm. think so. no, no because yeah. that became a happy marriage right so the the future paints the past yeah. so people remember oh it was a uh, was a loving relationship and therefore must always have been that way you know, imposing the present on the past is a very common thing. Bing knows historians stick together. The, I don't know, me, presentism. I think that highlights one of the problems I ha- I often have with the show is that they feel most of the viewers are not intelligent enough, or just don't care enough, or you know, they they consolidate things sometimes very well and it makes sense, and other times they're just like, get rid of that, get rid of that, and it's just not needed. And I think I feel like sometimes they dumb things down some dumb things down too much yeah but i'm just used to that it's at this point it's it's yeah it's yeah. just part of yeah. the course we've just I become th- numb i think to the show's credit they have cut out a lot of those the, the rape scenes in the book 
And this is partly why it just rankles me that they didn't bother trying to do something. They made up their own. Yeah. They, they added the worst one, yeah. Well, like, which ones? Like, I mean, Well, they, they cut out... They cut... They, no, well, no, they, they cut out the... The, the, the end the, the, the scene? All this... The, the, Tyrion the, uh, is one. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 the, the mountain, man, the mountains. Banging, man. Uh, well, that's that's um that's a story. Yeah, but doesn't yeah. doesn't Arya hear that story? I don't uh, think not on the show. I don't. No. I don't no? Oh, okay. Um, they they did they did like Lola seems to be perfectly fine, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they they cut out a lot of the Tyrion nasty stuff along the way, so I mean they they did make choices to cut things out. And yet, they some for some reason made the choice here to have a scene, have a rape scene in the books instead, of just replace it with a different character. Mm-hmm. They, they have also, to be of, fair, they, we were a lot of people were complaining that they changed Tyrion's storyline. That that would have been truer. It was if he had, which gone. I don't agree with. And <laughs> I, no, no, I'm just saying, but that yeah. was a, that was an yeah. that was a conversation that was happening. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's so interesting because I'm just thinking back, you know, like what happens to Lawless during whatever the riot yeah. in King's Landing where she gets raped by half of King's Landing and no one G- gives a shit, gives a shit. <laughs> it almost becomes yeah. like a joke like they'll just reference it as an offhand like oh and, like, yeah. yeah so yeah sure the show definitely you know handled that better and I, I mentioned that in this in that episode when we were discussing it but like it, it it strikes me to think that like obviously in the book we don't see what actually happens to Sansa in the in the show, they make it very clear that like she's about to get raped. Her clothes are being torn off, and but but I don't even but that is eventually used to further her character. I mean, they don't actually really bother to do anything with her relationship with Sandra Clegane, but that is it has a function as a plot development. And again, she doesn't actually get raped. So I don't I don't want to belabor this if you guys don't want to, but I am yeah. curious just to hear thoughts. On, on some things do you in isolation excluding you know past trans transgressions on the show's part do you think that do you think that this scene was handled respectfully and if not what could they have done i i know we've made the point about you know sansa playing the seductress getting more agency but is that what they could have done to give it you know more respect for this this issue like they also, done almost anything yeah they also could have just, not done it <laughs> yeah not done it at all and just assume sure. it happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, uh, but at the betting, what would have happened? Like Sansa would have just laid down and spread her legs. So we don't have to know. Like I think it there been, is. It could have been off screen, and maybe she off you know, screen made is it work. Probably the best option, right? They could show her for three days, you know, with bloodshot eyes, shaking. You know, we know what happened. We don't have to see that. And you get a couple days of that, and that's going to be as much of a jumping off point to for Theon to have some plan to rescue her as, as he will now. But would that would that be handling it more respectfully, though? Because I, the point is for you to be horrified. If they had shown a rape that wasn't horrifying, I think that would have been a bad thing, right? The whole point is that it is a horrible thing, and they wanted to make it a horrible thing, so... They wanted yeah, to make you and, not feel good. Yeah. Like you, you you want to feel like as we do feel, you know, like you know, it makes us sick. Yeah, I, so, I totally agree. I'm I'm generally in the camp that I I think the scene was filmed well, and this might not be a agreed upon opinion, but I think they did a good job in not sexualizing Sansa, which is often a problem mm-hmm. in rape scenes on television, like. All we see of her, her is her, her naked back for a brief moment, but otherwise, like the dress is 
her wedding dress is is not sexy. Like it it doesn't show her form. It's thick. It's it's white and virginal, and so it's not like we don't get the problem of the male gaze of you don't look at it and say ah oh, so you know how do, how do I phrase this without hating myself forever? Uh, I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that it would be titillating in some way. Right. right. It's, it's there's yeah. no part of the audience that can really look at that scene hopefully and be like well I can see why Ramsey did what he did. If they had shown it, if the camera had been on Sansa, that that would have been the male gaze for me. Whereas I think that it's showing Theon is... Unless it was exclusively her face and she's weeping. But, like, I don't even know... I don't even know if that's better. Like, I don't... I don't... Like, Sansa just has so little agency in the scene that, like, I don't know that that focusing on her weeping face would have... would have done it... would have improved that. Would have shot her face, though? Yeah, and then it... And then it... As she went on the bed... Which, if I'm not mistaken, I, it's with parents. I didn't rewatch that film. scene, so. Yeah, me neither. <sighs> yeah, me so you guys said if they did it off screen. In the books, the scenes against Jane, it's all auditory, which, you know, like they hear her suffering elsewhere in Winterfell, which causes a lot of tension. Would that have been a better approach? Well, not the See, first time when I Theon's there. So. But I mean, yeah. it, when I was saying off screen, I just meant like they could have gone to bed off screen and the next morning, you know. I understand. Nothing, I'm like nothing. Nothing wrong and happened. You know what I mean? Like right. Like Sansa's you know, lying there, like a gentleman, uh, and you know that was it. Yeah, or just like have 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 you know North Mrs. North remembers you know come in you know the next morning and say like, "Are you all right, dear?" And Sansa like grimace and say like, "I'm stronger than I was." Something. Yeah. Yeah. That actually sounds way better, Mikal. You're welcome. Yeah, we solved it. All right. Writers. <laughs> there you go, D and D. Now you get time I'll have you know that rape is not mentioned once in the ten trivia questions that I have waiting. <laughs> <to go. laughs> Ooh, actually, are, are we done? Are we done? Can I like end off with one last thought that I had? Sure. Okay. You know, last season when um, Oberyn is talking to Cersei and telling her that you know Marcella is actually fine in Dorne, she's having a good time in the Water Gardens, and like we don't hurt little girls in Dorne. And Cersei says, you know, everywhere in the world they hurt little little girls. And at the time I interpreted that as kind of a, you know, self-aware line of like, wow, you know, there is a lot of violence against women and young women. And Cersei, you know, it's, it's moving that Cersei is constantly afraid of that. Now I kind of just think it was the show challenging itself. Like, let's just show them all, everywhere in the world hurting little girls everywhere in the world. It's the thesis of Game of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think that yeah, we we we're done here. I think that we've had a, a good discussion. I think that a lot of good points were made, and I like that there are a lot of different opinions. I think one of the problems on the internet when something controversial comes up like this is that pe- that there seems to be an assumption among people that have different opinions that only their opinion can be right. It's it only their thought can be the only thought about about th- about this so i i like that we have different thoughts on it and then everyone has their own take and that that that, that was okay and, and i'm glad about that so if you have a different thought than we did on the podcast if we didn't express your thought please do share it i think that that's no perfectly. boy um don't yeah. be an i don't think just this is gonna be on fighting. youtube so we'll be fine in that respect don't be an asshole though yeah that's just a general life rule don't be an mm-hmm. asshole so yeah thank you guys for listening thank you guys for joining me i thought this was a really good cast and we'll wrap it there bye bye
I want to do trivia. I'd like to All do right. that now. All right. So I have types of questions. And All right, let's do this. Do you want to just do it informally? You just yell out answers, or you can like buzz in if you think you know. If it. they're as hard as you say, I think informally. I just, I honestly yeah. think between all of you, you can get all of them. There's one question oh. that like, no one knew. Well, there's three. Challenge accepted. All right. So as these we're are all questions. sitting at our computers to just look up the well, answers. Well, I'll be honest. Within five seconds, no how about the answer right away. Honor yeah. system. Plus, it's all for fun. There's no actual prizes. Well, I'm out. No prizes. What? What a trophy. No okay. ice cream. There's internet Another points to be won. <laughs> so these are uh, trivia questions from Ice and FireCon, which a couple of us just went to. And these are just the ones that I remembered, but these are the ones that um, I think they're the better questions. Um, okay, so number one, in no particular order, what house was Olena Tyrell born into? Tyrell. Oh, oh shit, red wine. Red wine. Gardner. Whoever said red wine is correct. Red wine. I'm a winner. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Right. I was, so I, it's, was like when I, it's like when I play <laughs> quiz up, I think too fast. I don't take the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a dumb question that would be. What is Olena Tyrell from? Tyrell. <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> easy. Who's buried Only in Granite's tomb? Only. No. All right. So that one, that was an easy one. All right. Uh, so number two, uh, what was Lothar Brune's nickname given to him after the Battle of the Black Order? Crap, I need, I should have known this. Oh. Iron something? No, I'm out. I am not. Lane? I don't know. Recycle it. Well, I got this one right away, but no one That's has it. because you referenced wait, wait, the hang on. in every episode. <laughs> no, Bronhan? Like, in Bron the board Han? game, it shows him doing something, which is his nickname, which is his, his illustration. Uh, <clears throat> He's eating yeah. something. The Apple eater. Lemon cake? There you go. <laughs> I remember now. I remember now. <laughs> what? What was it? Because he killed two fossilways at the bottom oh, of the water. Uh, God, still didn't know that. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, this one stumped everyone. Uh, I think one team might have got it, but we definitely didn't. Um, who was rumored to have been born under a red comet 16 years before the beginning of Game of Thrones? Rhaegar. No. no. 16 years before the Game of Thrones. Oh, you you should have seen me, Amin, and Thomas writing down equations on paper to just... <laughs> Ages. Okay, sixteen years. That has to be Rob or John uh, or Danny, Danny or. or um, it's older than that. Oh goddamn it! That. That should be Theon? Danny, right? What did no, you say, man? Not Theon. Not Theon's <laughs> older, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, Edric Dane. Nope. Uh, Dark Star. Dark Star. That would actually make a little sense. Uh. I feel really bad. I've gotten none of these. You'll get. Uh, them. Don't worry. <laughs> can we get what? Like, is he from Westeros? Or she? Is it a he? Or she? It's a he. I'll tell of you the Westeros. Name. He's in Westeros at the end of book five. Oh, Aegon. Oh, oh Aegon. Fake Aegon. Fake Aegon. Very good. Yes. That was an easy hint. Yeah. We've, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we've already written him off. We put John. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I, I always find it frustrating how quickly people are like, "That's fake Aegon." It's like, come on, it it's just be real. Be it's possible. Could yeah, be like, his name. Could be. Just, just the, suspend disbelief for a little while at least. You never know. Wink, wink. Yeah. All right. I'll save the last two of uh, the hardest ones for last. Um, so oh, the next crap. one was, um, what was the name of the Kingsguard member of Fake Aegon? The only named king or his Rolis like Duckfield. What was that? Rolis Duckfield. Close. Rory, 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 something like that, right? 
Rolly Duckfield. Rolly, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we put Rolly Duckworth, and we were so so sure. About ouch! Ouch! <laughs> good job, Bing. That's what we're yeah, very good. I think Bing's winning, by the way. What? I have two. I think. Well, red wine <laughs> is a story. Keep sure. Yeah, I actually had this all planned out. Like I could have a separate Skype conversations with each of you, and you could type your answer to me. <laughs> but so we could all shame good ourselves. Good luck. Yeah. That, that could be a new shocking video. lack of knowledge. Mine would just be like, "LOL." Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, what are the words of House Tarly? Uh, I'm an striding. Striding. <laughs> yeah, I keep on striding. It doesn't have striding. <laughs> Goodbye, Sam. Like they're the hunter. So what could they be? Let's play Pictionary again. Uh, we kill what we see. <laughs> um. We hate fat boys. <laughs> no fat chicks. No, no fatties. I didn't say no fatties. No fatties. <laughs> All right, I think we give up. All right, yeah. It's first in battle. Right. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Of course it is. And the next one caused some dis- some uh, debate because it's from like semi-canon sources because uh-huh. I don't think it's ever referenced in the books, but apparently it's 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 okay. What are the words of how small would? Growing short. <laughs> we are small. <laughs> You're kind of close, small, actually. Small but good. Uh, from, oh, is it like from, from, from small beginnings <laughs> no. or something? Oh, close. It's like it's small but from mighty. These like humble. You got it from these beginnings. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. What'd you do? It's from oh, these beginnings. Small wood. Oh. Because yeah. they're yeah. sigils like acorns, so you know they're going to become trees. But that, mm. I'm impressed, Miko. Nice. You can sit the last question out, then. You already <laughs> won. <laughs> All right. Uh, who founded the Golden Company? This is an easy. Agor Rivers. Uh, yeah. There. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. We're not let anybody else guess, Bing, but that's sorry. right. You got sorry. it. Got sorry. It <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would have uh, had that. Sure. Uh, who, who served as both master of coin and hand of the king to King Tom and Baratheon? Uh, Mace Tyrell. Uh, uh, Mace, oh, yeah. Mace. Oh. No, 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 no. Harris Harry Swift. You got it. Who said that? Right. I Reddit. said it. I said it. Exactly. I knew it, but I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, we put Mace Tyrell. No, I had, it was really my second guess. So. That's the show because it's in the, the show. Guy, right? I couldn't remember yeah, Swift was hand. Yes, in the show, Mace is everything. I think he actually, in the show, Mace is replacing him a little bit. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because in the show, in the books, they send him to Bravo, so. Right. All right. And, okay, so these are the, the two tough ones. Um, who what? are the, the, the two <laughs> toughest ones? <laughs> these were the, tough. Never mind. <laughs> who are the three surviving members of King Renly's Rainbow Guard? Oh. Uh, Loras Tyrell, Brienne of Tarth, yes. and... Question mark? And the question. <laughs> um, the guy, and the guy at the with Stannis or the what's his Garland name? Tyrell. What is that dude's name? Mm, no. What is that guy's name? Uh, He's the guy with um uh, at at, at, the, at uh, Storm's End. Axel Florent? No, no, no. no. It's always been. Uh, no. no. Uh, I'm just literally running out names. G now. The giant killer. It's G something. Uh, what's the name? I know. Oh, I no, remember. You're thinking of. Uh, you're thinking of the other another king's. Uh, uh, oh, is he go- the one Brienne killed? I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think Brienne killed him because we put uh, Emin Kai because we were sure that it was him, but it wasn't him. <laughs> I know there's one guy that that um, 
What is the Castellan that starts his name? I love that guy, but I can't remember. Courtney Penrose? Or, he tells him to like piss on the or, like, yeah, rainbow cloak. He's challenges him to single cup. I don't think he was a, a, one of the rainbow. He no, was, like, he's not, but he tells the rainbow cloak guy. That, is, oh, it, is it Koi? Like, C-U-Y? Like, no, that we said M and Kai, but it wasn't him. He was one of them, but he, I think Brienne killed him. No, all right. What is uh, it? What is Sir, it? Sir Parman Crane. Oh. Never would have got it. What? Parmesan? What? No. <laughs> Basically, Parmesan. Yeah. He was captured by Loris Tyrell during the Battle of the Blackwater, apparently, and was, has been imprisoned in High Garden ever since. So yeah. So no, he's no. luckier than ninety-five percent of the people in the story. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably yeah. been having a great time riding out the war at Hargaiden. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Flowers everywhere. Yeah. All right, so this was the the one that really frustrated everybody, and it's a five part answer. Five um, part. Right. Oh five part answer. God seven, damn it! All right, pay attention. Seven Nights Watch members went after Jon Snow when he tried to desert in a Game of Thrones. Oh All, no! Only five of them were named. What were the five names? Gren, Pip, Pip, Sam. Gren, Sam. Uh, what, what is his name? Ed. Big guy whose name starts with H. Yeah. Hother. Uh, 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 no, no, no. Um, Hother. He's the he's the asshole guy. Oh, okay. Dollar said. This is pretty much like there was a room of forty people making Rast? these exact noises. Yeah, <laughs> Rast, I don't think is one of them. No, it wasn't Rast. Gren. We said Gren. We got Pip and Gren. Yeah. Lord Mormont. But what is his name? <laughs> Sam. Did we say Sam? We just said Sam. And I'll give you a hint. Sam didn't go. Sam didn't go. Sam didn't go in the book, right? No. Nope. Oh, right. So we have two out of five. <laughs> God. And I actually got one of them because I was listening to the audiobook on my way in, up to the, the oh, cut. That's the only reason we got it. bastard. Yeah. That's preparation. One of them had a nickname. His name is was a nickname. Rask? No. Rask. <laughs> no. no. Was it Fuck Small Paul? Yeah, no, you, someone just said it. Toad? Someone say oh, Toad? I know that's his nickname. I can't remember yeah, his name. Totter. We'll give you that. His name is Totter, but you Totter, can have that. So you got three of them. Whoa. And you kind of said half of a name before. The one with an H. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? I was close with Hother, huh? <laughs> I know it's H something. Hodor. I can't remember exactly. God, I just read Dagger. the rooms, too. I think it's actually a name from Tolkien as well. It's it's in the Silmarillion, if that might help you, Matt. Oh, Haldir. God. Close. It's Halder. 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 There you go. Halder. Oh, wow. Yay. Process yeah. of elimination. Right. One more to go. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> it's not Carl. <laughs> Why would he be there? Quarrel. Fucking. Garrett Tuttle. Garrett Tuttle, yeah. <laughs> is it Frost Vickers? Oh, someone cosplayed as uh, as Asher uh, Forrester at the tournament, which is hilarious. Oh, nice. <laughs> beaten down by the. By no, he beat. Uh, I think he beat uh, Victorian. Actually, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't tell Peter. Blasphemy. Wait a minute. What? He likes Asher Forrester, though. I, I think. Mm. Uh, I don't think anyone's gonna get the last one. It was Mathar. Mathar. I don't even remember who. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He just we were all huffing and roughing and throwing our pens down. Yeah. See, that's how yeah. I got Hother. <laughs> I merged <laughs> Halder and Mather into Hother. See, it was buried in there. It's just, it just shows you how there's what so many doing names. The, when is he? Is he, I know he's, he must be one of like the trainees, but I don't remember him being mentioned. I, I, I think he even died in the attack. In, uh, actually, he was also referred to as Matt. 
Oh. What? And he's hey, Castle Black. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Congratulations. This was hard. Who the hell yep. can actually answer these questions? Well, Michal got the <laughs> hardest one, and Bing got the most of them. So yeah, so I think Bing wins. Okay. You win. You win nothing, but you win. I praise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now I want to meet the VOK listener who's viciously anti-Bing. I, I, I do. <laughs> you have your arch nemesis out there. That would be great. Just strongly worded letters going to Valkyrist, and he's like, I'm not going to forward these. It would just hurt his feelings. <laughs> it does go in his personnel file, of course, though, that the Duncan keeps on everyone. A dossier on each post. I expect nothing less. Crikey. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, All boy. these bloomin' wow. complaint letters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry, Valkyrie. I just watched Mad Max, so I have all the weird <laughs> phrases in my head. Well, that's going in the show. <laughs> Another piece of the Greg puzzle falls into play. <laughs> cacao, cacao, cacao. It's just it's your mission, Stephen, is to understand Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we actually had a conversation man. about you on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, great. I'm not on Twitter, but my... my yeah, you exactly. Call, you we come were up like, that could be good at Twitter. <laughs> Your legend grows. We would rather read the whole book, George. I love that. <laughs> he could just release chapter after chapter until we're done. I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, a serialized release of the... <laughs> yeah. Bit that's how they used to do it. That's how they used to do it. Yeah, Back in, in the 1866, day. that's how they used to do it. Back and we'd all pay $5 a chapter. You know we yeah, would. And we'd be knocking each other off the wharf as the ship came in. <laughs> Give me the Dickens. Give me the Dickens. <laughs> Give me the Dickens. That's a sound good, Greg. <laughs> I just realized that, but that's what people were actually saying. <laughs> I need to know what happens to Martin Chuzzlewit. <laughs> this will be our longest dragon cast, even if you get this down to th- three hours. Yeah. Or, well, there's, there's what, like the ten beginning. minutes where Zach had to get a drink of water, but he might want that. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was back earlier than that, but you guys were having a nice ice cream. like a cream. while. You guys were having yeah, we're a nice talking. ice cream discussion, so I didn't want to stop. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't remember what okay. it was called. What province were you in? Please tell me you know the name of the province, Mikhail. <laughs> Which risk territory uh, were you in? Uh, that... Was it French? <laughs> the one like all the way to the left. <laughs> <laughs> British Columbia? All the oh, way to the left. Oh god. All the way to the left. <laughs> a little uh, left. Like a, a lake called... Um... A lake in British Columbia. Where, where you're at Lake now. Louise. There are many of in, Yes, uh, I think it was Lake Louise. Were you in Alberta at Probably. the Rock Mountains? That's not the most left. It's not the most left. It is distinctly not, or as I said, (laughs) photographers call it west. (laughs) I don't think we're familiar. I I haven't heard of that. Oh, God. (laughs) She was talking about their political leanings. The most left. Well, that's that's a little bit accurate. He seems pretty hippie liberal. But Quebec is the most left-wing province, generally speaking. Guys, I break the ball. Guys, that wasn't English to me. Did you pick it up? <laughs> it's funny, whatever it was. <laughs>
Zach, can this be your opening instead? Um, <laughs> no, you've got... Okay, yes, please make that video. Just speak all laughing hysterically because it would contest. So- People <laughs> like, really she laugh? She was so angry for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I want Greg on Twitter because I think he'd be hilarious. This is this is my well, Apparently, I'm on Twitter. Well, <laughs> you're big on Twitter. <laughs> Should like hashtag Greg whenever we have conversation. Yeah, whenever we're talking right. from now on, it's going to be hashtag Greg. Like, <laughs> it's like, how do you feel about how they dealt with the fallout from the last episode? Hashtag Greg. <laughs> Well, I'm honored, guys, but, oh, but yeah. I won't really be able to be there to appreciate it. But thank you for Greg. I think it's time you understand that this is beyond your control. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about you. <laughs> oh, Michal, you'll be happy to know yeah. that at uh, at the con we were having the panel, someone was talking about the Targaryen cast that we did, and he goes, "Yeah, I wanted to get in on that." And what's that girl's name? Mikhail, Mikhail. <laughs> so someone knows you out there, and they they remember that you hosted that episode. What? Oh my that god! Mikhail, no. Yeah. This is so weird. It's so weird to like have this sense of yourself existing in someone else's life. Like hashtag you know? Greg. Yeah. <laughs> someone wrote. Someone wrote. I miss high school like basketball Greg. so much. Hashtag Greg. <laughs> How can someone be this pretty? Hashtag Greg. Those are just me. That's just me. <laughs> is, is hashtag Greg going to be a new trend? <laughs> hashtag Greg. Hashtag Greg. <laughs> <laughs> to my best advisor around hashtag Greg <laughs> I can say the same thing I just use a bunch of Greg's advice to buy books Drops of Jupiter is the perfect karaoke song for a bunch of drunk people hashtag Greg <laughs> I do like it is, a, <laughs> it's not, it's not <laughs> it is a good karaoke song <laughs> That one's all in Chinese. I can't read it. Hashtag Greg. I can read it. <laughs> I can't tell if he's making these up or something. No, no, I'm just reading them on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag Greg. Hashtag <laughs> Greg. <laughs> okay, we're done. All right, bye, bye, we're, bye. Done. Bye. we're done. We're done. Zach is pulling the plug. Good night. Okay. Good night. All right. Bye. Good night, guys.